Welcome back, Achievers, to your Easy Achievers Game Podcast for the week of September 22nd, 2022. Of course, this is episode, I believe, 138. And of course, I have today, very uh, excitingly, because we have a very important topic to discuss, one, the only, Video Game Utopias, and Milwaukee Jr. <laughs> it's you caught me off guard by using the non-abbreviated version of the website but yes hello uh thank you for having me once again uh always happy to have you my friend and of course it's video games utopia because like that's a good name so i'm not hiding that vgu of course oh, good yeah. it reminds me has nothing to do with what we're gonna talk about it reminds me did you ever watch um what was the name of the, the uh jimmy wong i believe made it uh video game high school video game high school yeah it, I, for some reason it reminds me of what the school was called of course it wasn't called vgu but that just for some reason i attribute vgu to the video game high school web series from 10 years ago i think so <laughs> at least 10 i was definitely like almost barely out of high school i think i think i was still in high school pretty sure Probably eleventh grade or something. I don't yeah, know, but I I liked it. It was I don't know why I've loved that show. It was very good. I remember I remember Jimmy Wong. I think I checked out by the time that came out, so I know <laughs> it exists, but I don't know if I ever actually watch more of it. I was I was still watching like Rocket Jump stuff too. I I don't I don't even think they're still around anymore. But I watched like their stuff from back then. It was cool. It was always cool. My favorite is when um they wrote a skit about two fanfic writers writing about a fanfic. The fanfic is happening, but it also cuts back to the two. Ashley Birch is actually in it, and she directed it. And it cuts wow. back to those two arguing over the fanfic. And it's like this story of like two friends like fighting, and then they make up at the end, and then they write a fanfic together. And of course, it's horny, so like it, it's like has Doctor Who making out with, I think like, uh, Harry Potter, and like uh, it's so it's so good. It's, it's like, people go watch it. It was really good. It, I'm probably explaining it terribly, but it's it was fun. Um, Achievers, uh, this is not a Rocket Jump fan cast. Now, this is the, of course, Easy Gaming Podcast. We come to you every single Friday on the service that you like to watch or listen to, be it a podcast or YouTube. Uh, we already covered this, or I guess I already covered this in an independent video, but it's a glaring thing, and we're going to do something unprecedented. We're actually going to start the show with a new story because... I just feel like it's the elephant in the room. We we might as well cover it first. Then I will actually start the show formally after this. Of of course, if you um, you know what, Emmett, let's just get into it. <laughs> well, unless you've been living under a rock or just blissfully not online, then you have heard some of the biggest gaming news this history you have seen in a long time. Grand Theft Auto Six, the upcoming highly anticipated sequel in the long running franchise from Rockstar, has had a massive leak, unlike we have seen in the industry. The leak contained a staggering amount of information as of now over 90 videos have been a part of this leak showcasing anything from open world environments to enemy AI to dev environments to NPCs having conversations so much more. Now let's go over the how, why's, where's and the who. Let's go over with where and who as this will lead us to the rest. These leaks originally posted to GTA forums by username Teapot Uber Hacker. <laughs> stupid as they yeah was also yeah. behind the recent uber hack that we will get into in a second but it seems that this was the work of possibly a single person as the prime suspect is currently a 16 year old british teenager and is a leader of a hacker group called lapsus which online hacker forums have pointed out him to be the leading man in this investigation 
Now, going back to how for a second, it seems that the hacker used Slack, the popular work app similar to Discord that many people in the world use to communicate to obtain all this. Assuming he got it from a work at home or remote worker, most likely after receiving a login through uh, various methods they could have used. The save uh, method is what was used against Uber in their recent hack. The why is obvious as the hacker posted that they wanted to negotiate a deal to not release the source code, meaning they wanted some sort of compensation to not release it. But it seems someone did send $100,000 of Bitcoin to a similar address, but seemingly was not him, as he said he never got any money. So someone probably also got scammed on top of all of this. We do also have a statement from Rockstar, um, uh, as they've remained somewhat quiet until uh, about, I want to say, close to 12 hours before we all knew. Message from Rockstar, uh, and this is from their via, uh, via their Twitter account, I'm sure on the, also on their website. We recently suffered a network intrusion in which an unauthorized third party illegally accessed and downloaded confidential information from our systems, including early development footage for the next Grand Theft Auto. At this time, we do not anticipate any disruption to our live game services, nor any long-term effect on development of our ongoing projects. We were extremely disappointed to have any details of our next game shared with you all in this way. Our work on the next Grand Theft Auto game will continue as planned, and we will remain as committed as ever to delivering an experience to you, our players that truly exceeds your expectations. We will update everyone again soon, and, of course, we'll probably introduce, we're sorry, we'll properly introduce you to this next game when it is ready. I want to thank everyone for their ongoing support through this situation via the Rockstar Games team. Important in closing, both Uber and Rockstar are working with the FBI to try and find out who's behind this. And that is it. Now, I want to open with, what did you see? What of the forbidden fruit have you picked from the tree? And tell us, did you see much? Did you did you poke around? What did you do when you first read this news? I saw this thing as it was breaking at like 2 a.m. before everyone woke up to it. I did too. So... I was someone had already gotten on Reddit. There was already a post. There was already a compilation of yep. here's just a direct link to all 90 videos. Um, I'm going to keep it real. I'm not the biggest Grand Theft Auto fan in general, so I didn't quite indulge as much as I'm sure other people would. I didn't watch all 90, but I probably watched a good 18, 20. Uh, saw a couple things. I saw a lot of the longer clips. Um, and... Yeah, that that's mainly what I saw. I saw a lot of like I saw that one bank rob or not bank robbery, uh diner robbery. The diner robbery. I saw that. Yeah, it seems like that's the most common one that everyone saw. Yeah, that's the one that I actually saw that on Twitter before I actually found the Reddit thread because it was trending on Twitter and I'm like, what do you mean GTA six? Oh my god. <laughs> I was blown away when I first saw this. I saw it similar to you, but I was so tired. I was like, I have to look at this in the morning and I actually went to sleep. Um, after like yeah. looking through a few things, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. At first, I was like, this can't be fake. Maybe it is. That was prior to me learning that there were, at that point, I only thought there were about 10 to 20. Later on that morning, 60 came out. And then later on that day, we found out over 90 videos are out there uh, free for the internet to use. Rockstar has begun like uh, implementing takedowns of these nature. So we're going to slowly see, hopefully, if you're a YouTuber, you didn't include these things in your video. I don't know why you would do that, but if you did, start scrubbing now if you're not already claimed. Um, but I I saw uh I would say probably eight to ten maybe. Uh, I watched uh them testing cop AI. I saw them uh doing some dev environment stuff. I saw a picture of the protagonist at a street. By the way, 
Um, they gave the protagonist a huge ass, and I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Big fan of this. She is Look, so everyone. attractive to me for some reason. Uh, <laughs> like, oh the moment God. that still came out, I was like, wow, the dump truck they gave this lady is impressive. It was crazy how everyone on Twitter was like talking about that, and I'm just like, I get it, but at the same time, like, as like the on the bulleted list of things to talk about in this thing. Yeah, I, I of that course, that a, is the first thing I have to bring up because it was so distra- it's distracting almost. Oh, yeah, it, it is. It is. I understand. Like, I couldn't help but look. I'm like, what the fuck? I've never. Especially we've been playing as men in these games for 20 years. The yeah. second we get a woman, it's like, oh, proportionally. <laughs> like, there's no there's no mistaking it. Yeah. I get it. I, get I, had, it. To, I had to bring it up so we can now move on from it. Um, <laughs> exactly. uh, I also saw like the robberies. I, I saw the NPC conversations, which was the most Grand Theft Auto thing I saw out of all of this. By the way, is those two NPCs talking? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, apparently, the build is pretty old. It's actually a, possibly from even 2019, as far as back from them. So we may be looking at a three-year-old build from this game. Well, and if that's true, that's pretty fucking nuts. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I'm not exactly sure the context in which these clips were acquired, but how I'm imagining all these things got acquired is since he got it through Slack, um, because that's how the Uber hack happened. They went through Slack and got everything. My guess is you go to Slack, you have access to everyone's messages. People are sending videos through Slack. That's why it's a bunch of short videos rather than one hour long thing. Yeah. So I'm guessing he downloaded all those. I'm guessing he got the source code by looking at people's passwords they're sending through Slack and then logging onto their site or whatever and getting that information that way. Um, I'm sure that's how this hacker accomplished all that stuff. It's what I can just put together like the steps of how to get yeah. all stuff. Yeah. Once once is, he got multiple logins, it, it was it was over. Exactly. And so I'm thinking like, all right, you're getting these 90 videos. I because what I heard is that some the videos range from 2019 until mm. you know as recent as a month or two ago so and of course there's i'm not in game development nor am i working on this project entirely or at all so i don't know which yeah. clip is which, we kind of have to guess exactly and <laughs> that i'm not gonna that's not gonna be fun to guess but um it seems like yeah they pulled everything that might have been shared there throughout the course of the development of this game so yeah, that's it's really crazy to see a 16 year old did this and thought they could negotiate like this kid. He He's got some 20. balls. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he thought was going to happen, but uh, he definitely is known if the oh yeah uh, allegations are true on who it is. Um, yeah. God, there's so many different ways we can go with this. I'll start with uh. The leaks were pretty crazy. Speaking quickly about like how old this was or not, I'll be very curious to... Uh, it, first off, it looks very impressive, regardless of how old it is. It already looks pretty impressive for a game that's probably not coming out for another two to three, maybe even four years. We really don't know. Yeah. Um, it looks pretty yeah. impressive, and it's pretty good for, I think, the stage of film. I think that just speaks to like just the quality yeah. and how much money Rockstar has, the amount of people they probably have working on this project. Um, I will say, though, uh, as a side note to the leaks, I was a little 
not shocked maybe maybe not even surprised but the thing was when i heard because we all knew the rumor you know you're playing as a latina woman yep as one of the characters one yeah in vice city um both of those things have been confirmed through this leak but what i thought when i heard vice city i thought oh we're going back to the 70s and this is very much so not the 70s modern i heard a I remember hearing a schoolboy Q song in one of the leaks that came out in like 2016. Oh yeah. So like, wow. so like, nah, that it, we're definitely in modern day. So I was surprised by that, and I was also surprised by how, if you think back to Grand Theft Autos of the past, going from San Andreas to GTA 4, going from GTA 4 to GTA 5, those each of those games looked completely different from one another. With each, I guess, numbered entry numbered iteration if you want to call it that san andreas is part of the gta3 trilogy so i'm kind of just lumping it all into one this is the first grand theft auto where it just looks like another grand theft auto mm. it looks like an iteration of five rather than an evolution of grand theft auto as a whole which is huh. once again judging this from a leak yes of course we, we're, we're judging this from maybe 30 minutes of video of which i've seen 15 yeah <laughs> so like this this will change entirely but to me it was a little bit surprising to just see how oh this looks like art style wise it looks very similar to gta 5 uh just gameplay wise very similar to gta 5 looks like they're not changing too much there and they're just like all right here's a new not a new slap of paint because that's very reductive but like new city new characters all that stuff similar tone as well because some of these clips had like dialogue and it seems like a lot of the types of humor they were going with is the same so I don't know. That has me. I don't want to say nervous. Uh, you know what? I will say a little nervous just because GTA 5, I did not like its tone or its story. <laughs> like, it was very, like, it's one of the greatest games of all time for a lot of people. I'm not going to take that away from anybody. But for me, it was a, it was purposefully a story about bad men doing bad things and being miserable. And I get the point. I just don't like that. <laughs> and so it, I just, after a while, I beat the whole game. But after a while, by the end of it, I was like, that wasn't worth it. <laughs> that was not worth, this whole journey was not fun enough to justify all of the horrible shit that these guys either do or are complicit in, all that stuff. So when I see that they got the, sim- the same tone or at least a similar looking tone in GTA 6, I'm like, because I was really hopeful, oh, we're playing as a female protagonist, so we won't have a whole story about toxic masculinity. But the same tones here, so I don't know what they're doing with her. <laughs> I'm very nervous to see. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious where we're going with it. And if the further rumors are true, our second character is the brother. So maybe we'll be, and they're twins, and she has a brother. We'll also be playing as him, uh, uh, apparently. It's going to be very, like, Bonnie and Clyde. Of course not. Uh, okay course not, not as romantic, romantic but apparently well it is florida it is for i mean <laughs> hey florida and i mean literally anything is legal like you could literally you could do anything there so yeah i wouldn't I shock me yeah we all saw it we all know we've been there we saw the gators it's i mean that's just a reality um <laughs> or the gator <laughs> multiple um so you stick with a couple of things you pointed out there grand theft auto 5 yeah it, i won't i won't i won't pretend like i don't agree the the picture that i saw of the npcs talking if you would have showed me that was grand theft Auto 5 i would have believed you again and you said this still early these are all leaks of course it doesn't seem uh uh in context because we don't have context it's just clips of things being shown to us so of course it's not gonna uh blend in well 
but I think that is something clear to point out. Again, I do think the game still looks pretty good for, for another four years it needs. Um, I To quickly bring it up, only because it was very confusing to me, I saw, I saw two kind of uh, uh, opinions that kind of kept resonating throughout the game's industry that just kind of bothered me. One, we kept talking about how this, how early the game looks. I think that's obvious. And if people don't know this is an early look at a game, then they either are doing a bad faith argument, and I just don't think we should give them any attention, frankly. And two, they just don't understand the industry. And if we're not going to try and educate them, we got to ignore them. I don't, I don't. I don't see the the amount of people that I kept hearing that like this is early, this is early game stuff, blah blah. blah. I was like, we everyone that no offense matters knows that. So like, why are we talking about this for so long? And then mm-hmm. two, there seems to have been two people that were lumped into this conversation. Either leaks are bad and we should never talk about them, or leaks are great and like we should leak everything. And I feel like that was very uh, annoying on both sides of the argument. One, we should talk about every leak because it's a news. That's what we should talk about. Um, I saw someone tweet. I'm not going to say who it was. I saw someone tweet. This ruins the PR of the game. I promise I could give two shits less about the PR of this multi-billion dollar game. So I do not care about that. Conversely, I also disagree with like how amazing these leaks are. And we should be like so happy that this dude leaked it because they should have showed us some of the game and things of this name. I'm like, no, no, that yeah. there's a medium that I think we should all go to. That is makes this not something we should encourage, but we should cover it if it happens. And also we should not care about the PR for Rockstar. I think they're going to be okay. I think everyone's okay there. I feel like everyone making over six figures don't really care that a little bit of the game leaked. I think at the end of the day, everyone's fine. I do feel bad, of course, for the devs, for everyone working there. It is kind of like, eh. But it's a little exciting that this is how big of a deal Grand Theft Auto 6 is. is you got on Forbes. You got on CNBC. CNN, you, you got on every giant news factor because this huge and notable thing happened. So take a little bit of pride in that as well as... That's how big of a game you're working on. I'll say for for the people who are like, oh, man, we should leak everything. I don't think I think a lot of those people are the folks who are like waiting for GTA six to the point where they don't play anything else. Yeah, there are people out there who are like, where the fuck is the next GTA? We've we've bought three versions of GTA five. Like we're kind of sick of it at this point. And their 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 waiting has turned into rage, and so when this leak happened, it's like serves them right because they it's taking them too long to make this game. Blah, I, I blah, did blah, see blah. a lot of people say that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but a lot of those folks are like number one people who are not following the industry. I yeah. guarantee you, those people don't know the difference between an IGN and a GameSpot. Yeah, like they do. They are not following it like that. Those are all people on Twitter talking out of spite talking out of ignorance as well. So, you know, I, I'm trying not to give them the time of day anyway. And then you got the people <clears throat> I did see within the community of like, you know, game developers, people who've worked on games, um, people being really upset about the leak and being like, Hey, if you're talking about, it, if you're engaging with it, if you're engaging with it, you're complicit in that leak culture. I saw that too. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck yeah. are we doing people? And what I, are we doing? I, here's the thing. 
I, I want to say that I do. I see the point they're trying to make, but ultimately, when it comes down to it, if you're if your game gets leaked like this as a developer, think of it as like if you're an artist, if you're a painter, and you are known for painting Mona Lisas, you're known for painting Van Goghs, or Van Gogh's the music, right? Anyway, you're known for painting like the most beautiful pictures ever. And someone leaks a picture of one of your paintings half done, that hurts your pride a little bit. That hurts the artistic ego, whatever you want to call it. It's going to hurt. And I understand there's a lot of folks at Rockstar and a lot of people who've suffered from previous leaks that have had that pain thrust upon them. That I am empathetic towards. Like you said, uh, yeah. the developers having their work put out before they're able to make it presentable, that hurts. But a lot of these leaks, a, a lot of people thirst over these leaks and a lot of people have this reaction because i've also seen a lot of people who are once again don't follow the industry who are like oh this looks bad this looks like fucking it's like mafia wars <laughs> like <laughs> uh, yeah i i were I, I was just flabbergasted i was like i don't know what to tell yeah. you i really don't and a lot of those people only feel that way because a lot how games are made is such a mystery to people like even me as someone who's been following you know the industry i watch my no clip documentaries all that good shit <laughs> I still couldn't tell you exactly how most games are made just because I just don't know. That requires a lot of, you know, knowing about coding and knowing about all these different programs and languages and whatnot. So, like, it is still such a mystery that for people who just play them and have no other experience with games, it feels like magic. Yeah. So you're like, all right, well, why can't you make the magic work faster? It's not like movies where you understand there's a set where you under there have been so many movies made about making movies that the general public knows how a movie is made. Generally. Yeah. Yeah. We still have we still don't have much media about people making games. You have Mystic Quest, I guess, but I don't know how much that is about game development. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that and what Grandma's boy, he was a game developer. <laughs> That's <laughs> so true, he, he was. Like in the mainstream consciousness, people still think these games just come out magically. And it's all done, and there's no blood, sweat, and tears, or education, or know-how involved. So when a leak comes out like this, you're seeing the game, and you expect it to look like the final product as soon as you see it. But you're seeing it early on accident, and it just looks this way. So yeah, that's that's my problem with it. Where I understand people being hurt by the leak getting out, and I also agree that's bad. Yeah. But at the same time, People are only thirsting for these leaks because this, the industry is too secretive as well. Yeah. We, I, I don't know if we've talked about that on the podcast, but the industry does. We're very of secretive. Yes. Yeah. And that's more frustrating than not. Um, and, you know, if people are going to look at these leaks and consume them, they have that thirst because they want to know. And if you're going to sit there and be like, oh, how dare you consume this stuff? It's like. They want to know if you don't want to tell us, we're going to find out however we can. Yeah. It's, so, it's just people yeah. that want to know about the game. I think we're being a bit hyperbolic on like how mm -hmm. bad this was. Um, it, yeah. Through I some people's eyes. Hurt. Again, I, yeah, I get I, it too. I, I sympathize. I, I, I do. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not like someone was murdered. So it's like, you know, yeah, it, 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 these are just video games. We're just talking about this. Okay. It's going to be all right. We can talk about this. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts on this. I, I do want to quickly say, don't underestimate how, I think I agree with you, don't underestimate how little people know about game development. I was talking yeah. with a, a couple people in um, 
uh, just over my years. I remember one time I did a, a, a presentation on video game development. Um, I don't remember uh, why I was able to do this, but I was able to do this in like an English class. I think it was either late high, right. high school, early college. And I remember talking about, uh, was it Breath of the... No, it was Skyward Sword and its development time, I believe. And if, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, it took almost nine years to b- develop that game from like start to finish because of certain aspects of the game. That's off the top of my head. I, I don't remember if that's true, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. And then the, the and then just the awe in everyone's face when they were like nine years. Like it just people just don't know. They just don't. We're not. Mm-hmm. We haven't been around that long. We've only been kind of in the the mind of the everyday person. 20 years at, that might be pushing yeah. it like I as being a first time like the world the, about yeah the war like the the vast majority of people like understand what games are and things of that nature so like i don't think we can really underestimate that i don't think a lot of people know how it works i don't very much know that much either i know the bare bones i know a couple things i don't know a lot it is mostly me guessing i'll say i i'm right there with you but i think the fact that we know that we don't know yeah. is important. It is. A lot of people are just like, fuck you. I know enough to be mad. And it's like, nah, just have patience and just have understanding for the people who know more. Than the you. one of the funniest things that did come out of this is someone did tweet visuals are one of the first things done in a video game. And which just makes oh you laugh. God. It just makes you laugh. That'll be the first thing I bring up because there's just way too much to bring up throughout the people just not <laughs> knowing what they're talking about. But that was one of the funniest things I ever saw. I was like, wow, you fucking really don't know what you're talking about. If you really, if you genuinely, if you're not, you know, of course, not bad faith or trolling or something. If you generally believe that, you really just don't know what's going on. I'll also say that that tweet, I think, sparked the small little kind of trend of a yeah. lot of developers doing early screenshots. And that was very Which cool. Which like should be something. more common to kind of help mm-hmm. people. You know, that would be very cool. I, I remember and, uh, God of yeah. War, uh, was it a it might have been dev on God of War. They showcased one of the final boss fights in the game. And it was so early. No one had barely people had faces. They kind of had outlines of their body and outlines of the environment. Like that shit's cool to me. So I wish we saw more of that stuff. Yeah, I'll say there are. I mean, if people are curious, there are some resources out there. You know, Game Makers Toolkit, great YouTube channel. Yeah. Just talked about No Clip, great YouTube channel. Dice, they put up a lot of their or GDC. Uh, they put up a lot of their talks online, so you can watch a lot of that stuff. There are some resources out there, but a lot of those resources are only going to be consumed by people who are watching a show like this. Yes. already into podcasts. Yes, they're already into this, so it is hard for yeah. something that got that public. We're going to get a lot of people who just don't know what they're talking about. And it's just, that's just, that's just, mm-hmm. gonna, that's just, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, one day, one day we'll get there. <laughs> one day. Um, I think we covered basically pretty much everything I wanted to cover in this conversation. Uh, the leaks are huge. I'm sure you can still go find them if you want to go look at them. Um, not yeah, what's surprisingly, it doesn't seem like story was leaked. It just seems like core development things were like, I don't think I've seen anything close to narratively something leaked. So it seems like whoever he had access to was probably a straight up developer. Like it, nothing would do with like the story design or uh, gameplay director or anything like that. So, you're pretty safe in terms of like spoilers, it seems. Yeah, at this point, you spoil the GTA game for me, I'd be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's not like this is a story centric franchise. Not by any means. Definitely is not that. My God. I, that, I mean, at the end of the day, just to quickly kind of close out this conversation, 
since you brought up Last of Us 2, I, I can think of uh, three other instances of, of how big of a deal this is. This Last of Us Part 2 leak, and now, in hindsight, of course, the GeoForce Now leak, or NVIDIA leak. Yeah, uh, It's probably yeah. the three biggest things that I think that I've ever had in terms of unintentional leaking of things. And then, of course, there's a handful of other things, but I think that's the biggest thing to come out. I would add number four, the Half-Life 2 leak that delayed that game. The source code, right? Of- is yeah, that what so yeah so, yeah yeah someone went to jail over that so yeah, that is true and and i didn't cover this in the uh thing because it looks like nothing will happen of it but the, he said he had the source code nothing has happened be so assumably he still has it maybe he got scared off because he deleted all of his stuff so may, wow. maybe wow. he got intimidated by someone or something but he didn't leak it and if if he really does have it and he did leak it that Oof, that would have been really, really bad for the game. That that yeah. that would have required a r- massive recoding uh, throughout the game. Um, also, that's I'm another really thing surprised. people. <laughs> it's that's also another thing people don't quite understand. People were saying it was a not a big deal. The source code leak. I was like, the source code is the game. So if you have the source code, you know how the game works. So now you can manipulate the shit out of the online infrastructure of a game that will be online. So I, I was that's another thing that I that I saw people that actually were knowledgeable about the industry saying like, oh, source code isn't that big a deal. I'm like, are you fucking nuts? That is a huge deal if they leak the source code of the game. So that was also an interesting thing I saw. But again, I can't blame people for not knowing these very obscure facts. True that. We're actually going to rewind now and pretend like we're going to start the show. Of course, we start the show with the not so rapid rapid fire. The Call of Duty beta is going on right now for people who pre-ordered the game. So as of you're listening, you can go check it out. If you pre-ordered the game, it should open to you by the time Saturday hits. I believe it's Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. If I remember correctly, hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm nailing that. Uh, so get your taste on the game. Let us know what you thought. I'm going to be playing it over the weekend. Uh, I could be playing it right now, but of course I'm doing this fucking show for you people. Uh, what else? <laughs> you- <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Are you, are you going to be t- uh, tasting the beta at all? Um, I might a little bit. I, I played a little bit of it last week because I got into the PS4 exclusive one. Shout out to Xfinity for the code. Um, Xfinity gave but, uh gave uh Alex a code, which lets me have the code. Yep, there you go, bingo, bingo. Um, yeah, I played a little bit of it. It's it feels like Call of Duty. Yeah, and, and I mean that in a way where you know I play every Call of Duty. I'm gonna play this one. I'm probably gonna buy it as soon as it comes out. But it's I, I haven't seen enough of it's like it feels very different it feels like there are a lot of pretty substantial changes but playing that compared to the thing that i'm going to talk about that i've been playing with the last week or so that is more exciting than call of duty so yeah i will definitely I imagine. try it out just to see what's up previews of mario and rabbits are out get excited if you want to go to your favorite youtuber or ign or something and See what they thought about the game. Of course, it's the newest one due out. Um, I'm blanking on the, the release date. I want to say I want to say October 28th. That sounds but right. October sometime. That sounds right. I have a screenshot of the trailer in my head for some reason. Uh, you had uh, you told me in the show you left me on the edge of my seat. You have another preview you want to tell the achievers. What was it? I don't know how many people are actually covering this, but I just saw Skill Up posted a preview of Sworn. Mm. The mm. horror game from Xbox. oh really? Well, the horror game that's coming out on Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, as soon as it releases. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's the only one who got a preview build because literally he's the only one I've seen share anything about this. But um, he has like a 13 minute video up. I'm about to watch it as soon as I'm done here. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for scoring. So I just want to I just want to see what that game is. And from halfway through the video that I've watched so far, it seems like it's going to be a wild one. So I'm excited for it. It does look like they also featured eight minutes of gameplay as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you can all look that. at that. Wow. That. Wow, that thumbnail is disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus the whole Christ. Game's gross. The whole game. Wow. Literally, the video starts with him having to talk for 30 seconds so the content warning doesn't trigger. And then oh, good the- point. Good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I was about to say, like, how do you even get this past? I don't know. This, this one took me by surprise. <laughs> Video Game Donkey has started a publishing company called Big Mode. If you're interested in learning more, he has a website. He also has a video detailing on why he's opening this up. Um, saw a lot of negativity around this. I was very surprised. I thought people like video game donkey. I mean, I wish him well. Um, it's a, he seems like he wants to start publishing indie games unclear on how far he's like willing to do this. I don't know if he's, uh, offering funds or, or some sort of loans, or if he's just like using his platform to boost things I, unclear, but it's still early. He, he just debuted this. So, um, I do, do you care about video game donkey or big mode? Um, I'm aware of Video Dang Donkey. I've watched a couple of his videos. I think he's kind of funny. I also think he comes off as a bit of an asshole in some of his videos. I'm pretty sure that's intentional. I don't know. <laughs> Whether it's intentional or not, we have being funny or being an asshole to be funny is not quite in vogue in 2022. Interesting. <laughs> especially, especially for a lot of people who the game you're shitting on is the one that they didn't see their family for two years to make. Mm. So it can hit different. So I'm not surprised that in the video game industry, a lot of people may not love video game donkey, but there Good are a point. lot of people who I'll, I'll the take that I share when it comes to this thing, video game donkey, I don't really have a problem with him, even though he does come off as a bit like, all right, you're just shitting on a thing. And I don't want to watch a video about you shitting on a thing for 12 minutes, but I, I hope this works. I hope, you know, I hope some really cool indie games come out of this. I hope some folks who weren't going to get a shot, get a shot because of this um but at the same time I, I i heard in the announcement video he said something along the lines of i played every type of game so i know what a good game is and a bad game that is he a does very... say, he does say that that is a true yeah. quote i watched the video as well <laughs> so he's uh, emmett is not being unfair he does say, say that verbatim so i also thought that was quite of an interesting to say again i can't tell if he's speaking of a, a character or not it, that was a very strange thing to open your video with i i play i know i have like good taste and i know like how to find a good indie game and i was like interesting way of putting everything you just said <laughs> oh it looks like you're muted possibly sorry there you that. go no you're good yeah, my headset went out and then you were talking through the speaker so i had to like turn it on and got you got you anyway um yeah uh him saying that really turned me off a little bit i was mm. like oh what the, what the hell are we doing here with this um but you know ultimately I, I hope it's good. I just hope that, you know, video game donkey kinds of come off as a little a little full of himself sometimes. And hopefully that doesn't get in the way of like some of these indie games getting a shot. So that's all I got to say. I concur. <laughs> little joke for you. No one else gets ah, that. No one else gets that. <laughs> that is literally just for me and Emmett. October 6th comes the teaser for the Mario movie at San Diego Comic-Con. CEO of Microsoft said he is confident the deal will go through. Of course, speaking about the Activision uh blizzard i'm not covering this as a full news story because i'm tired of talking about this of course the activision stock price still does not reflect 
this would going through because it is still down nearly 20% of Microsoft's price offer. If the market was confident, it would, of course, match the offer. Uh, so you would be guaranteed money. Um, he also did say an interesting thing. I will quickly go over that. He said um, uh, they want to be competitive of the market. So let us compete in reference to Sony's also buying uh uh buying of uh things like Bungie and, and things of this nature. I did I, I I when I read that I was like that's like me comparing me buying a house and like someone like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk buying a house. Not quite the same thing. Uh those are two very different types of purchases. I understand what you're meaning here. I understand you have to talk that way for stock prices and things of that nature. But it was very interesting that I was like, PR, let you say that. <laughs> it's very I would weird. argue I would argue that Xbox trying to get on the level of Sony's entire collective of exclusives, like in general, including Destiny and all that shit, like God of War, Uncharted, you know, Last of Us, all this shit. That's a powerhouse. So buying Activision would make them more on par. Actually, buying Activision would just blow them, would blow them out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, Xbox is not going to make that shit exclusive instantly. You know they're going to wait a couple years. Or if they're going to give a couple years where it's like, oh, it's on both, but it's on Game Pass over here. Yeah. So, you know, th- that's a de facto exclusive. Bill point. is trying his hardest to make it as clear as possible. It is not going exclusive. I love that they are so clear that they're like they, it literally doesn't make financial sense for us to go exclusive. Um, I thought people were crazy if you really did think Call of Duty was going exclusive. You just that's just so much money you you would have to give up. I don't think it would happen. But I, I bet in a couple years it's gonna be hey we're gonna put this on all platforms where Game Pass exists. They're gonna look at Sony and be like hey you want Game Pass? So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do I think, think that is I the end goal is getting Game Pass on PlayStation. I don't care what anyone says. I think if I was inside of Phil's head and I went to end goal door and opened it, it would be Game Pass on PlayStation. And that I think that is his end when he doesn't care uh, anywhere else. We'll have to see. Bingo. That guy talks out of both sides of his mouth. I love him, but he does. <laughs> Uh, this is a very quick one. During the interview, Sarah Bond said uh, we can expect original Japanese title from Xbox in the coming years, similar to when we had Blue, Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. Please, for the love of God, don't be lying to me, Sarah Bond. I want a return of Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey era of Xbox. All right, take chances. Get fucking weird. All right, Lost Odyssey, very good game. Underrated. Blue Dragon, very good game. Underrated. I will say, don't expect sequels to those. No, but maybe don't do that. Like. <laughs> Maybe expect the vibe of those to yeah. come back, but maybe don't. Because I don't want people to be like, "Ah, oh, Blue Dragon's back." And it's like, all right, let's let's calm down. I didn't say that. All right, everyone, oh, calm yeah, down. You didn't say that. Everyone, but calm down at home. All right, that's what they're gonna do first. We're definitely not gonna get Lost Odyssey two. Although I would openly sob as I will be later in the show when we talk about a, a franchise coming back. You can now pre-order the Series 2 core controller in the complete component pack. Very wise of Xbox to jump on this, of course, in front of the DualSense Edge coming out. Very wise. You can see that they're very trying to very competitively price their things in front of that. The A mode of Iron Man game uh, was true as EA confirmed in a press release they have an Iron Man game in the works. Oliver Prolix is team lead who worked on Guardians of the Galaxy. Assumably, once Dead Space is fully complete, the rest of the team will focus on the project. Later in the press release, they allude to other games of the modern universe coming from EA. If rumors are true, the other one is going to be a Black Panther game. He did say several, meaning it could be more than one, so we're probably getting Iron Man, Black Panther, 
someone in somewhere else is probably making something. Very Squirrel exciting. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel Girl. Uh, another interesting thing, we're getting a Black Panther game, if it's true. We're also getting a Black Panther game inside of Amy Henning's game, which would be very interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll say for this one, uh, I mean, I'm interested in this game. I mean, they're probably just going to talk to Bioware and be like, hey, can we borrow some of this Anthem tech? And boom, bam, boom. You got a great Iron Man. Here. I think I think uh, they definitely will see what the coding looks like in Anthem and probably see if they can finagle some sort of perfect synergy between there, that and whatever tech they have left over from squadrons and see like if they can like balance ah. a perfect plight uh, pilot-esque game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm sure we're going to be seeing that soon. Uh, when you talk about Black Panther, that is one thing I'm starting to get a little nervous about. We're getting a lot of not direct crossover with these Marvel games, but because Marvel is so in the games industry now, like it's not just, oh, a movie's coming out, we got to have a game made. It's here's our IP, make a game. It, we're going to have multiple Black Panther games out within, you know, a few years of each other, probably. Um, we're we're going to have these characters popping up more and more in our face. And we're already reaching a point where I might be stagnating with the MCU a bit. I don't want that to happen in video games. <laughs> so, I mean, I, the Iron Man game sounds dope. Black Panther game sounds even doper to me. Um, and Amy Henning doing anything is exciting to me. But yeah, these IP and these characters just don't want to. I don't want to be oversaturated with them. And I feel like that has a chance of happening now more than it did back when they were all movie tie-ins. I didn't have to care about. <laughs> so it's it's funny you say this. Last week we had ISO Christian on. He 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 almost said exactly what you said verbatim. As we are nearing <laughs> a saturation point with the Marvel Universe, because the nature of how games are made, if you think we're saturated now, in three <laughs> to four years we're about to get all of this. Imagine what it's going to look like then. Just use your imagination. If if you think it's bad now, fucking wait. Just wait. Just wait. You'll be sick of it, I'm sure, by three or four years. And I'm saying that as a guy who grew up with comic books, and this is like, this was my dream. I just didn't think it would never end. <laughs> I, I thought it would end at some point, but it, clearly that is not their intention. Capitalism got to capitalize. Oh, yeah. Big fan of the uh, uh, TikTok of the uh, capitalism really popped off the day. <laughs> such a stupid, <laughs> such a stupid thing for me to say, but I, I love that one. Uh, new install uh sorry an xbox september update rolled out uh earlier this week new install options with storage you can customize the color of your series 2 xbox button which is very cool for me and then you can also uh there's also a revamp of your games and app section you'll be noticing that's different of course you do have to manually install if you don't have uh, auto updates installed so go check it out uh i don't have anything uh to say about this next one ted lasso jones fifa 23 tw- uh, 2023 i don't watch that show but it seems like people were very excited so congratulations I, I thought he was a football manager, so I, I, I was very confused. I was like, why is he doing soccer? Oh, he is a football manager. Oh, he is. Oh. Football manager. Oh, okay. Well. That's the whole thing. Oh, my God. That's the conceit of the joke, because he was a football coach. Oh, <laughs> that is the joke. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing. I never actually watched the show either. I don't care about this. I don't play FIFA. Me either. But I do think it's funny that there are going to be some serious actual football fans who see Ted Lasso are like, what the fuck? Where's my actual clubs that i want yeah in this game. yeah I, I don't see this actually being a some sort of big deal for people who actually buy the games mm-hmm. cyberpunk sees a huge resurgent with the recent release of the new netflix show this is via benji sales on twitter cg project has announced every day this week cyberpunk and this i believe is still true as of today 
Cyberpunk has had a, a huge 1 million daily players. This follows Cyberpunk hitting number one best-selling game on Steam last week, reaching highest peak of current players since early January 2021, of course, when the game came out. Very, very huge deal for them. Congrats to the team. I do think they deserve it now, although, of course, they are the ones who ruined the game, so it's hard to <laughs> feel bad for him. But uh, I'm very happy for the devs who kept uh, working hard. Although I think their company has lost like two thirds of their value since that happened. So I imagine they definitely regret doing that. Uh, it seems like Diablo 4 beta gameplay footage leaked the same day Grand Theft Auto 6 leaked. So no one cared at all. No one even talked about it. <laughs> so if you care, it's out there. Although the, there is a closed beta very soon with an open beta happening next year. So if you want to see it, I'm sure it's out there. Go check it out. I saw quick glimpses again. I, I I think I tweeted it on the day. I was like, Diablo Four footage leaked and no one cares. Like, the, yep. if if you want your stuff leaked, do it around Grand Theft Auto Six because no one will care. <laughs> Wait for something that big a deal to happen, I guess. But uh, that's pretty much it for a rapid fire. Of course, I start the show with a single question that I ask my co-host, and that is, of course, Emmett Watkins. What have you been playing? I've been playing. A lot of this baby. Oh, oh, there it is. Damn, that's really pretty. Like, I don't know why, yeah, but it's like yeah. coming really good through the camera. There's a glare on the screen yeah. because I didn't have enough money for the most expensive one. Um, I will say, though, I'm sad because I pre-ordered this thing when I had my old job when I was broke. And now I'm slightly not broke. So I could have afforded like the second tier at least. But now nah, I got the 64 gig. It's fine. Um, yeah, I've been steam decking, y'all. Um, for the audio listeners who did not see me hold that up. Yeah, I've been steam decking. Um, <laughs> Got the Steam Deck around Tuesday last week, uh, or no, I got it Wednesday last week, and it. I've just been off to the races ever since. I've gotten everything running on here, uh, so I have a bunch of Steam games. I've actually bought a couple Steam games additionally since getting this thing because I want to play them on deck. Uh, today I just bought Moonlighter Control. Oh, Moonlighter! Fuck yeah, you yeah. did! I love that game. I've been seeing. I've been seeing Greg talk about Moonlighter forever. And I think I have it for free on PlayStation Plus or something, but I'm like, nah, I want it on deck. So it's a it's a very right it's a very good mo uh, mobile game. I, I, like that is a great handheld game. I think you'll like that a lot. Excellent. Excellent. So I have that recommendation was highly sought after. So I'm gonna try that out. Bought Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> um, I played, oh, I played like half awesome of it game. on PS3. Yeah, it's a great game. I played a lot of it on PS3, never got through it there, and now I'm just like, well, I have it on deck, so fuck it, I'm just going to go here. Achiever, uh, he uses cool. his feet to cut things sometimes. Yes, it's really cool. It's and like doing awesome. a little slow motion slicey thing. I oh man, I it's platinum. You know I love platinum. Oh yeah. So I got to go for it. Um of course Control Ultimate Edition. I I platinum control in the past, but I never played a DLC, so this is going to be an opportunity oh, to replay It's pretty good all DLC. DLC see how it ties into alan wake and all that stuff um and yeah i've that's more or less all of the actual steam games i've purchased recently oh tales of rise also purchased will i play it anytime soon no lord knows it's no. very intimidating but i have it i will be ready for it at some point but um the other thing i've been doing on here is just seeing what else can i get on this thing i have okay so let me go to my <laughs> i have a lot of folders on this thing because not only I got the lowest tier version, the 64 gig, but I have a fuck ton of uh, space on a memory card. I got a 512 gig memory card on here. Jesus. So because of that, I put a bunch of emulators on here. Yes. <laughs> the whole reason now, I want to buy one. 
Oh yeah, it's great. Like they have there's a software called Emudeck, and all you yep. do is just go to the website, click it, run it, and it does it literally automatically. I didn't have to think about anything. It just installed all the emulators. That's my favorite thing, not thinking. Of... Yeah, it oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love not thinking. Um it sets all the controls by itself, sets it to full screen, adds them to your Steam library, so you don't even have to go into desktop mode. That's so fucking cool. Like it does everything there. All you need to do is make sure you have your BIOS files and make sure you have the ROMs that you want to play. And I had both of those easy. I got PS2 working. I got a bunch of PS2 games on here. It's quite frankly insane. Actually, I don't. it's not insane. I have 30 of them on here. Um, recently, I've been playing. I played a little bit of Kill Switch, a little bit of Cold Winter, a little bit of God Hand, Burnout 3, Dead to Rights 1, and Dark Watch. Fuck. I've been trying those out. That's awesome. Um. I got a PSP emulator going too. Really, I've only touched Pursuit Force and Grumen. Uh, what is it called? Grumen, a monstrous adventure, a random Japanese game that I had fond memories playing the demo of back in the day. So I said, I'm going to pick it up here. Um, and the only other game console I have on here, as far as emulation goes, I have one GameCube game just so I could play the, the first person shooter Geist. <laughs> It, I think it was like a launch title. Yeah. It was a first person shooter with ghosts and you could possess anything. I, f- I, re- um, I think I remember this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, the only reason I'm interested in it, I saw a video about it and I was like, oh, that seems cool. That's the only GameCube game I'm going to download. And so here I am. Perhaps I'll go back for Metroid Prime, but I haven't made my decision on that yet. Um, yes. No, no, no. Please, please, please. The last thing I'll say, because I'm not actually talking about a game, it's just this thing. Um, the last thing I'll say is I've also gotten all my streaming stuff to work on here too. So I have a Stadia app on here. I have my Xbox Cloud Gaming app on here. Fuck. I have. It took me a while to figure out how to do it, but I got PS5 Remote Play working on this thing too. I've been playing Saints Row again through Remote Play for the last couple of days. Um, and how does that work? How, not sorry, not how does it work? How does that feel? So playing a where a controller is the primary method, you need triggers and all this nature. Did it f- does it feel good? Yeah, it feels good. I'll say for it depends on what you're streaming. Xbox streaming has it pretty much down pat where there is a when I say noticeable amount of lag, I mean like if you move the stick and wait, you can see it. But when you're actually playing it, you don't feel it really at all. Okay. So I've been playing stuff like Fortnite through Cloud Fine and all that's been wonderful. On PS5, it's the same type of thing where if you sit there and look and study it, then yeah, you can totally um you can totally get on that and realize it's moving a little slower. But for me, it's been working fine playing Saints Row through, through Steam Deck. I will say because it is um they they do some interesting remapping things because it has like the back paddles on the thing. Um for the for the streaming app I have for PS5 for the remote play it triggers some of the actions to the back paddle. So sometimes I'll just squeeze a back paddle and it'll be like, are you sure you want to close the app? And I'm like, oh no, I didn't realize that was the, re- the remap. Um, and same thing for Stadia too, where some of the like to get out into the Stadia menu or the back button. So I just got to keep that in mind, but um, it runs perfectly great. Like everything is great on this thing. It is literally like any type of game I want to play, I can play on this thing. And that's, I didn't even say I've gotten my Epic Games launcher running or not the launcher, but I got that library access on here. So I've been playing. I actually had control through Epic and then just booted it up to see if it would run. And it runs really great on Steam Deck. So I decided to buy it for actual Steam. I got my GOG library on here, too. Like, it's all perfect. And you can get all this stuff running pretty easily. It didn't take me too much effort. And 
yeah, if you have the ability to get yourself a Steam Deck, highly recommend it. I will say, don't go for the cheapest option because Steam likes to install a lot of shaders so that these games look nice. And all the shaders installed by default on the internal memory. So, like, I have three gigs left of the 64 gigs. Whoa. Because shaders just ate all of it up. Right. And I can delete them, but it's just going to reinstall them when I try to launch the game again. So keep that in mind. But other than that, it's a good, it's a very good device. I, I, nothing but praise for it. Okay. That's very cool. This is something I've wanted. It's just, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to set it up. It's going to be awesome. I'll play like an hour and then I'll never touch it again. So I'm trying to make sure I will actually use it before I buy it because I know myself, I will buy it and never use it. But, do you have I do a Steam much. library at all? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I got a pretty, I got a pretty nice one. Okay, if you have a Steam library, then yeah, I would say just fucking go for just it. Just go. Because here's it. the thing: consume. Yes, I've been buying some extra games on Steam, like a good two or three hundred games in my library already. And of those several hundred games, how many are great on deck? I have 150 or 158 that are either verified for Steam Deck or playable on Steam. So it's pretty good. a big bonus of this thing is without any emulation, without going into desktop mode, doing none of the quote unquote hackier type things, you have a whole library here if you've been building up over the years instantly. So yes, it's 400 or 500 or however much you want to pay for the model, but you have a library instantly. And that's what's the craziest thing about this where, yeah, I'm buying new games. I was booting up a, a story about my uncle, a game I started in like 2016 and didn't play since 2018 my save is still there <laughs> like it's copying all this stuff it's like the same thing where um back when they added like uh i think elder scrolls morrowind to game pass uh, or no it was oblivion to game pass and you could stream it on your phone and people were playing that game with their save from like 2005 that's cool like it's it's super cool and i've just been playing a bunch of stuff on here games that i haven't touched in forever marlo briggs in the mask of death like why it, that shouldn't even be a thing but it runs really well on here and yeah a lot of things are good one of the Every reasons i want to buy it is solely for the purpose of being able to play sweet in five literally just that game mobily yeah. like i respect that sweet and five is yeah so um and it's it's still stuck on the ps2 and it'll probably be forever until we see that game actually come to something but i love it if you ever want, hey, get yourself a deck. I'll show you the links, man. I've been I've been all over the internet on Proton DB. I'm I'm up. about this close. I mean, I'm 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 pretty close to to just being like, you know what, fuck it. I might I might do it for a Christmas present myself. I don't know. There you go. I have been having a very Emmett Watkins Jr. week. I wanted to play Ooh. two things before we had this episode together, just just so I could have a conversation with you about them. One being Midnight Fight Express, having a great time with that so far. I'm about five to six levels deep. Very strange story. I very much like how weird it is. I like that he's just naked and, and and being interrogated by cops at the beginning of the game. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you about it. And it looks like this drone reactivated him. He's like some sort of crazy spy or something. It's very cool. I'm having fun. Oh, yeah. I do see what you mean. I did get the upgrade that lets you like zoop around the room by hitting X, mm -hmm. like hit, hitting people. And wow, does that feel very exactly. satisfying? Doing like a backflip and punching someone in the mouth is very cool. Um, I am trying to like get the high score. That's already addicting. Uh, I, my first, I think my first level was like a C. And I was like, whoa, I, I'm not doing good. And then I was like, oh, they want you to like be as different as possible. Like try to get as many varieties as possible. So I've been doing that. And that's kind of satisfying. I'm still very early, but I, I like where it's going. It, it, it feels kind of, it, it kind of has that kinetic that, that Sifu kind of had that I very much like. It's just 
a exaggerated seafood kind of. Ooh, I can't wait until like what really makes that game is once you build out the skill tree and you have all the abilities. So many, so many skills. Oh yeah, and it seems like a lot. Ultimately, it's it's a lot of like tweaking existing skills in that tree. But God, when you when you get access to like there's like a rope that you can use to like get over here enemies oh, and that's do stuff cool. like that. It's it's you're gonna have a really good time. By the end of that game, the combat is just impeccable. And then the second game, I, a game I've never played, but I just was like, I have to play this so I can prepare for the third game, and that's Bayonetta. And I am having <laughs> such a good time. It is like preposterous how fun this game is. Oh, what is he about to bring into the void I just, of space? I just saw this in the corner. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 yeah, your pop. You can kind of get it. It's a, get it. Oh, there oh, we go. Oh, there, there we go. go. Oh, put uh, put oh, your oh, fingers oh, on it. I think that'll help. But there you go. Yeah. yeah. Bayonetta pop. Bayonetta yeah. pop. Yeah. I, I didn't even I know that existed, cool. by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I worked at a GameStop. I should know every pop in fucking existence. Um, oh, it, it's new. They oh, that's made it recent. Okay. That's why. But, uh, I wanted to get ready for the third one because the third one looks just, frankly, so good. And I keep hearing great things about it, especially when that preview event went live last week. Um, and I was like, you know what? Let me let me try the first one again. I have tried it before. It was a so what I did was I played the 360 version on the Series X. Wasn't terrible, but I bought the it was on sale for like the 10 remastered. bucks, the remastered version. And I didn't read up what it did differently, but it already feels much better. I don't even know it's, what they remastered, but I bought it and it feels way, way more. Uh, I guess fluid is the word optimize things of this nature like it feels so much nicer on this versus playing the 360 port yeah i'll, I'll tell you that's exactly how i played bayonetta one the first time through xbox through the remaster uh 4k 60 that so that's what you're getting there oh uh, and that makes way more sense i was like is this higher yeah. frame i wanted to look it up before i set it on there uh, so i didn't know but jesus yep. feels good yeah it's 4k 60 and um yeah it's incredible the only negative i'll say about playing any of the more upgraded versions there's a really cool feature in Bayonetta where in the loading screens, they just give you control of Bayonetta to practice combos. So I noticed this and I was like, it's loading so fast. I can't do anything. Yeah. It loads. <laughs> I see it. And then it goes away. And I was like, Ooh, wow. What an interesting evolution that not many people probably thought of, of these in game loading things that now you can't do because the game is up like that. Exactly. And so that's one, not negative, but just one thing you're missing out on. Yeah. But yeah, that is an impeccable version of an impeccable game. I I will tell you right now, Bayonetta, once it hit Nintendo consoles, once it became a Nintendo franchise, Bayonetta is way more approachable. That first game can be a bitch. Now, it takes a while. Interesting. It takes a while for it to reveal itself to be difficult. But like, there's one sequence where... There's there's gonna be a sequence somewhat deep into the game. I'm gonna say like sixty percent through the game, where you'll you'll think, okay, there's these guys that are flying that are very far away out in the distance. I'm supposed to shoot them with my guns, I guess, and you're gonna try and shoot them. No, what you're actually supposed to do, and they don't tell you this, there are two turrets in the room. You're supposed to get on one of the turrets and shoot at them from a distance. And then when they start shooting at you, you're supposed to hop off that turret and walk to the other turret on the opposite corner and then shoot them from a distance again and alternate between those turrets because you will die if you sit in any of those turrets. What the fuck? That is like just a piece of obtuse game design that I don't love. But then also the actual combat that is actually the fun part of Bayonetta. Like the combat is impeccable. Yes. Dodging with which time is great. Yes. Upgrade. You're going to get some really. Now, I will say one another thing about Bayonetta 1. 
they don't just give you all the weapons. In order to get the weapons, you have to like search for them. Uh, when I beat Bayonetta the first time, I only had one alternate weapon to her. I didn't even know there was alternate weapons. There's like four. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she has. Um, well, she. I think she has like some equivalent to like a nunchuck, but they're guns or something. She has that. Uh, she has a giant samurai sword, like something straight out of like like near. So that. Yeah, something like near. Yeah, so I use that a lot because that's the only other weapon I unlocked. She has her random regular fists. She has ice skates that she just like glides around and like slices people up with her feet. Um, and she has one other, I think, that I'm not remembering. It might be like some big axe or something. But yeah, all those weapons, you have to like search for secrets in order to get those new weapons in the first game. So that's going to be maybe be a little bit diligent if you want new weapons. Otherwise, okay. combat can get a little stale. But even with just one weapon, you're going to be doing a lot of crazy set pieces. You're going to be fighting new enemies almost constantly. Like they're going to keep it pretty fresh for you, even if the way you interact with that stuff is going to be similar without those new weapons. So those are things I'll say. Combat's going to get really tough. Rely on the on the dodging. There are going to be some enemies that won't even let you trigger slow motion if you dodge right. So you got to just be by that point, you should be good enough. Yeah, you got to get good. You got to get good. But it's worth getting good. Yeah, like, I might watch a guide for the weapons because I definitely don't want to miss weapons if that's something I can miss. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I will say that is exciting because that many different weapons and I'm, I already feel very versatile in like what I can do. That's pretty crazy. So I'm gonna have it, a whole other set of combos and things. That's very good. Oh, yeah. I will say this you is one of the. I w- Oh wow! Really? Jesus Christ! Yeah. I will yeah, say. I will say this is one of the rare titles that I feel like adopted the DMC formula and. Perfected it to a point where it's almost at some points to me better than some of the DMC games I've played. And I'm a huge fan of Dome Cry. I love four and I love five. But there are some points in Bayonetta so far that I've played, I'm like, wow, this definitely learned a lot from Dome Cry. And it learned it so much that it's adopted in a way that at some points better, I feel like, than than some of the especially some of the early ones. I, I, I didn't fall in love with one and two like a lot of people did. Um and I haven't played three. But I love being able to summon this hair demon lady or whoever i have oh, yeah. that is awesome whenever i whenever i see a giant fist come through the screen and hit something <laughs> endorphins <laughs> my friend everywhere so cool oh yeah i love how yeah. I, I because it's just it you could just tell it's very japanese this matrix just how sexualized she is but it's part of her character so she's like owning it and it's so exaggerated yeah. that it's like believable almost because it's just like utter nonsense like i'm reminded of when she was in a bar and the guy was the guy gave her the guns that she uses throughout the game and he goes to make a drink and he like starts dancing and making a shake and then she throws the guns in the air and like does backflips and puts them on and then like and then like they have the drink and the gun like attached to them as they grab the drink this game is yeah. nuts, and it's very fun. It is one of those things where I just have a smile on my face half the game because it's just stupid fun. Um, and I very much like the demon that eats things. I ate uh, oh, this yeah. kind of angel monkey thing. That was very fun. Just wait. There's one set. There's like a good... There's one set piece that... I, this is it doesn't spoil anything, but it'll just give you an idea. There's one set piece. It, actually, it's an entire boss fight that takes place in the ocean. What the and it is... Yeah. Play and it is some of the most like right there. I was like, "Oh, is this an all timer?" <laughs> like, wow. and that that was like what maybe fifty percent through the game, like maybe right halfway. I got to that boss fight, and I'm like, "This might be an all timer for me." 
and okay. then it escalates. Like Bayonetta is one of the games where I'm surprised it even has a sequel because it just escalates and escalates and escalates and gets so crazy by the end of it. Literally, the last moment you actually control in the game is one of the most over-the-top insane things I've ever seen in a video game to the point where it is like, it is delightfully insane. Like, it it, it doesn't jump the shark. It jumps the entire ocean. <laughs> it jumps like, all of the sharks crazy. in the ocean. Wow. Exactly. It is incredible. And I, I promise you, I am not being hyperbolic with how insane it is. Now, will that hit with you? We'll find out. It seems like you're already liking it enough, but it is that crazy. I can guarantee that. Bayonetta 2, it's a refinement. Bayonetta 3 looks like it's going to be another refinement, but Bayonetta 1 feels like they already taught themselves in the first game. Yeah, what was I surprised? Well, sorry, let me clarify for it. What I was surprised by when playing this game is, so far it has a very solid foundation. I am shocked that there are two other games after this. So how how do they go up from here or without it feeling like just Bayonetta one again, I I is probably what's most excited for me. It's just seeing where do they go from this because they already have solid foundation. Do they build on top of this? Are there different weapons? Is there a Devil May Cry esque thing where it's kind of the similar kind of thing? Like the point, I'll it's the for- sort of similar, and you're getting new weapons or something. I don't know, but I'm I'm excited. Yeah, for Bayonetta two, it's less that um because they can't go as crazy as they did with Bayonetta one a second time. They just can't do that because you've done it already. Right. And so what they do in Bayonetta 2, they do uh, stuff that's equally as over the top, but in a different way. Like the narrative, what's actually happening is over the top, but the moment to moment things you are doing aren't quite as crazy as what you did in Bayonetta 1. But like the places you go and the things you see are probably just as crazy, but it's more of a thematic insanity rather than a mechanical insanity. Yeah, there's like that. Yeah, yeah. I will say the narrative so far. I don't really know, and also I don't really care because I just want to play the game. But I'm hoping the narrative does get a little stronger because I just, I, I so far I'm like, eh, okay, what's happening? I don't really understand. There's some plot twists. You'll um, find out some plot twists. You'll find out some secret reveals. It's not the craziest story in the world, but it's a good enough story to keep you engaged with the insanity of everything else. And it's cool that her hair is her power. As, as, yeah. as far as I'm not wrong, I'm pretty sure that it's like her hair is like yeah. what is which she's weave, using. Yeah, yeah it's very, which weave. I love it. <laughs> rumor roundup. <laughs> rumor roundup. Uh, we're going to move that. Um, so these, this one is not necessarily a rumor. I didn't want to make it a sh- uh, thing because it would be very abrasive to put in the actual show. Because it's technically allegations, but he admitted to it. Let's just cover it. Probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen in this industry happened this week. Dan Allen, a YouTube personality, outed himself this week as an anonymous game industry leaker. We have covered on the show before his name was The Real Insider. How do we know it was him? Well, he told us multiple times. As early in the week, we saw him accidentally post a response to a follower from the wrong account, his personal one, which caused multiple people, including Jason Schreier, the detective himself, to delve into the past posting on both accounts to reveal both The Real Insider and Dan Allen posting extremely similar content around the same time and also have the same writing style so it seems the real insider was just a youtuber leaking information from early screenings of things blatantly breaking embargoes and ndas to make things even worse for both him publicly and more important legally he admitted it to it posted after being called out by many people he cheated from his official account quote i'm sorry to everyone for my actions and quote before then deleting both the real insider and his official twitter account I mean, I want to know your uh, uh, 
<laughs> I want to go to you right after I say my piece because I can't believe this guy has the gall to not only break NDAs, not only break embargoes, but to admit it to everyone. You're going to get sued. Why did you first off do any of this? And then third, if you got, if you actually did it, just delete it and don't bring it up, bro. Why did you admit to it? That's fucking way worse, man. Now they can take yeah. you to court. What is this? Uh, first off, you don't break NDAs and embargoes. Second off, it looks like people in the industry kind of knew. That's the, whoever the real insider was, they were, there was a it was a person coming to these events because like the timing was just way oh, too okay. on the nose. I saw Paul Tassi say like he kind of figured that. Why did no one say it? I don't know. I feel like that's kind well, of like, everyone in is like, oh, in hindsight, yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. I was like, mm. everyone I'll, I'll was say, everyone yeah. at the time was saying everyone thought he was a back back end YouTube uh, uh that's producer. Yeah, they all thought. The real insider was a back-end YouTuber able to skim thumbnails and video titles before they went live. And that's not true at all. So that's interesting that everyone's saying that that was true. Or they thought that. But now everyone's like, oh, it, it was obvious. It was a guy just breaking into you. I was like, no one said that. So I don't really believe it. I think that's more of a hindsight thing. All that being said, this dude fucked up majorly. I can't, st I still am in, in awe that this guy is, I don't mean to put this in a mean way, but I mean, you were really stupid for doing half of this, but you did all of it. So I can't imagine. And then third, like you did really fuck this up for everybody. Now, like, I mean, no wonder people are secretive. Like, it, it, I understand, like, they have PR cycles and things. And I, I like when things are kind of let out, let out a little early. I like when Jeff Grubb talks. I like when we have a, a very vocal person kind of breaking stuff and things. It's fun. It's good to talk about. And I hate how secret the game industry can be in sometimes. But to blatantly break embargoes and NDAs is something, uh, a, a stupidity that I am in awe of. Yeah, that's fucking, it's, it's impressive. Like, honestly, as a songwriter once said, by the name of Offset, they'll do anything for clout. That's true, so. <laughs> man. Clearly, this dude just wanted attention. And yeah, exactly. I don't. I would have murdered for his account. For that I would have fucking yeah. murdered for his yeah. access. He he was going to these events. He was talking with everyone. He was in the industry. He was able to, to openly talk. People knew him. I would have punched a baby in the face. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't have really done that. <laughs> I, but I'm serious. I would have done it so much to be able to even get a a, a tenor of his uh, access they got, and this dude just <laughs> blew it all in smoke. Just tweeted it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing that's craziest about this. Like he just did it for clout. He literally said in his apology video, "I just did it for the thrill. I just did it to watch the numbers go." And it's like, <laughs> dude, dude, how little do you think of yourself if you are gonna throw away this actual career you had? just for a couple extra retweets like it's that's sad number one number two i'm sure when you were saying like people in the industry figured it was someone going to these events i think that's easy to figure out because of the timing and everything yeah but then it's a question of all right who at this event and then it becomes all right if we say something because i'm sure like you know folks at ubisoft and all the other places elite stuff they can put two and two together yeah 
But, They're not dumb. It, but then it's a case of how 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 easy is it to find the one person? Or are we just going to punish the whole group? Yeah, because that's the biggest disappointment here, where it's going to fuck it up for other YouTubers, other people in the industry who just need that access to be able to do their job. And now he's making it where the trust between developer and content creator is going to be a little bit more frayed because of this, because of this like seed of distrust he's planting. And that seed of distrust is probably what kept him from being seen all this time. And yeah, it, it's just, it's just a bummer all around. I, I don't know what's going to happen to this dude. I can't help but feel like he's about to get like, I forget his name, but who's that guy from IGN who would copy his reviews? from? Oh, Jesus. This is like four years ago. It was like an Italian name, I think. Uh, go ahead. I'll, I'll grab his name. Yeah. Like, cause whenever I see this, uh, people do stuff like this where they're like, you know, effectively blacklisted. Like, I'm sure he's lost his relationships with like the, the actual game companies, the Ubisofts of the world and, you know, places he leaked from. But like, yes, he was an independent YouTuber. Do you think there's going to be a website in hell that's going to take this man after he's proven? I mean, he's done. Yeah. He, he can't keep a secret, a, a professional secret for anybody. So like, He's he's out of here. Uh, and like I said, it reminds me of the guy who, you know, couldn't get uh, who was copying all of his reviews from other places because that guy has proven a fundamental thing that he can't get right. He can't actually write shit. He can reword shit from other people all day, but he can't actually write. So who's going to take you if they can't trust that you can't do the fundamentals? So, yeah, once you fail a fundamental thing in this industry or really in any industry, but games we're talking about here then you're done. Like, there's no other place for you. He's going to have to get a regular job like the rest of us. Yep. In all likelihood. Um, but yeah. The name was Philip Mewson. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I remember he was trying to come back on YouTube, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he tried He tried to lean into it. It didn't work. Uh, he, he yeah. like, re-released the Dead Cells review, which is what got him caught. He, caught, he copied Boomstick Gaming, which is another YouTuber, and wrote. And what's crazy is he, like stolen a review which is literally someone's thoughts like you couldn't write thoughts my man i don't know yeah and he did that a lot apparently it's the easiest essays in high school <laughs> yeah I, I mean that is another like i just i don't even just yeah, i don't get it i remember he copied like a fifa switch review from yep. like nintendo life as well yep so it's like oh you had a history like, dude that. you copy refuse like how God. inept can you be <laughs> yeah i mean fuck i can yeah sure you stole like math fucking answers but like you're <laughs> you stole thoughts like what the fuck i think he was actually interviewed too by colin moriarty i believe so if everyone wants to see like his side i think he was a he got a uh uh i think he was interviewed like a year ago or something that um, sounds about yeah. <laughs> so if you want to check out his side of the story i'll put that in quotes his side of the story you can go check out what he thought what he said um probably the same side <laughs> it's it's someone else's side copied <laughs> there seems to be a new iteration in the next ps5 coming in the way of a new model of the same ps5 we may know right now and it's known as the d chassis internally and it isn't an extreme departure for what we know of the PS5 currently, but there is one huge difference. It seems they're taking a modular approach to the latest model featuring a detachable hard drive. According to several sources telling Inside Gaming, or sorry, Insider Gaming, there will be a new model of the PS5, but it will sport a detachable disk drive. 
The drive will attach to the console via a USB-C cable on the back of the console. The sources did... Oh, excuse me. The source did say the drive doesn't look like it's attached, but it looks like the original model does now. But we will have to wait and see if that is the case. Uh, pretty big deal here. If if they're actually going with this approach, uh, I'm assuming they're trying to save as much money as possible on these systems because they're probably eating it really hard. But also, I am a bit wary on if it looking modular or not because that does not sound attractive. If it looks exactly what the PS5 model looks like right now, but and there's literally just a modular thing i can't imagine that looking great in an already kind of ugly looking system but we will have to wait and see as just a cable connecting to a USB-C in the back of the console is eh and also i'm not loving that they have to cut yet another thing of the playstation 5 if when they're upping how much it costs so why are you having to break it down further i thought that was the whole point very confusing a little bit all around but again this is a rumor and some speculation so we don't even know if it's fully true or not I mean, I'll say real quick, I actually like that this thing is real. I, I like the idea of modularity is what I want more than like, because if you buy a digital PlayStation 5 right now, you're locked into it. You can add a new drive or whatever, but you can never have a disk drive in that thing. And that's final. Um, having this modularity lets you have that flexibility of, yes, PlayStation Store is great. They have sales sometimes. But like if you're on Gamefly, you're getting you're getting these games for absurd prices. I think Seafood's like $18 right now. Yeah. You're not getting that on PSN for at least another two years. So I, I think people who want that modularity, who want that expanded ability of features to be able to upgrade to a disk drive later is great. I, I I honestly hope that whatever version that is that's coming replaces the digital version so that people can have that choice rather than getting locked into a choice because they didn't have the extra 100 when they had to buy the console. So, so I, I will quickly go back on what I said. I should have probably been more clear I don't mind that this exists, but I hate if if this is the case, not fully certain if it is or not, but if the $500 console that you're buying is just a digital with a, a detachable uh, USB-C drive in it, that is a big turnoff for me. I would I actually love that this thing exists just in theory as like an option. And hey, you know, you know, we get that some people had to buy digitals because some people, I mean, frankly, didn't have a choice when it launched. They were like, you know, maybe you went to GameStop or Walmart and they're like, oh, we have our digitals. You had to buy it. Now you're like stuck on digital things. I doubt they care that much, but maybe, maybe that is why they're doing it because they would they, they want you to buy digitally. They don't want you to buy physical. But if that is the case, yeah, I could. That, that's awesome. But if the $500 console is literally just the digital with a detachable hard drive or sorry, disk drive, that sounds terrible. But I do like that this exists. Hmm. Fair enough. And also, again, yeah. they raised the fucking price of this thing. So, like, why are, why are we having to cut costs more? I don't, know. I don't even know if it's a cost-cutting thing. I think it might just be, like, a giving consumers choice. Because they didn't give them no choice with the price. So That's true. Let's throw that, them a bone somewhere. That's true. But, again, I, I, I think uh, I will definitely be on your side if the 500 console is not just a detachable disk drive. Everything I will say pretty much void if it just yeah. remains how it is but if it is i won't i'm not gonna like that very much understandable it seems she did not survive the layoff has indiana Froskerin black sorry if i butchered that has been uh, bought out of the remainder of her contract and she has been let go from g4 following massive layoffs seen at the company this is kind of an update to a prior story that we covered last week Kotaku learned from several sources at G4 that this may have been related to the tweet following the layoff of more than 20 G4 employees saying simply, quote, I survived. 
via a gif of a lizard smoking a cigarette. This is not the last departure as Kevin Pereira, a long time in the original co-host of Attack of the Show, announced his departure. He did go on to say in a recent episode of the Attack of the Show that months ago he planned on leaving and his plan was to just help with the relaunch. Uh, I don't believe a word of that. G4 is also set to pivot from costly talk shows to smaller Twitch screens as an ongoing effort to cut costs continues. This is pretty quick. Um, I just thought this was interesting to bring up because um, she got massive hate for tweeting I survived when a bunch of employees got laid off. Um, Pretty much in pretty bad taste there. This is also the um, woman behind the infamous G4 uh, misogyny tweet, or sorry, uh, speech that she gave on the show. Uh, basically calling out misogyny in the industry, which I found interesting because she was doing it on G4. Um, if you uh, don't know what I mean, Google G4 20, uh, 2005, and you'll see what I mean by that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all know. I watched it too. Uh, and I thought that was a... Uh, it definitely is the uh, definition of ironic when you talk about misogyny on G4. But... Aside from that, I, again, I never, I'll never celebrate someone losing their job, but I do find it uh, very much in bad taste that she tweeted, I survived. Literally the day of half of, not a half, sorry, there's like 200 employees at G4, but like a, a, a tenth of your people left, or basically got laid off. And people are actively leaving now. I, I really do think, maybe you'll disagree here, but I think, um, I think G4 is in, in, in massive trouble here. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Um, I'll, I'll say, before I talk about G4 overall, um, I, here's the thing. It, this is okay. Frost. It, how do you say your name? Froskerin? Froskerin, I believe is how you say yes. Froskerin. Okay. Froskerin. Um, yeah, I did not follow them before G4. Uh, when they were announced as one of the hosts on G4, I was like, all right, cool. More, more, more literally doing the thing I asked G4 to do where I was like, I don't want to see a bunch of white men here. Like it was in the old one. Can yeah. Get some new voices. Agreed. And it was nice seeing, it was nice seeing them you know, get part of the cast along with the Black Okage and a lot of other folks that I like. Um, Gerard, Xavier Woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the really, really good cast they have going. And um, seeing this, like, I I do feel like, because with that whole misogyny uh, speech that she gave, that was, it was ironic being on G4, but at the same time, G4 is no longer what it was in 2005. Correct. But also at the same time, I feel like because of that speech, she had a subsection of the G4 base that just did not like her and were very vocal about it. If I may interject very quickly, in researching this, there's an entire side of YouTube that I always forget that just hate (laughs) on fucking people. Just hate on people. When I was reviewing, I was just writing and finding out like stuff about this lady. There are like many videos on YouTube calling her out trying to like shit on her and things and i was like whoa i always forget when there's people just dedicated to hating on things i'm like yo yeah i gotta relax there's way too many of the same kind of titles through different people Mm -hmm. just like shitting on this lady and i get it and i wasn't a fan of it either but i'm not out here trying to like shit on her like what the fuck a common thread is being an outspoken woman in the games industry won't get that done to you yeah Um, that's true that's a good point and Frost was definitely one of those folks. Um, so, yeah, she had a subsection of people who did not like her extremely loudly. So when she tweeted the whole I survived thing, I really do think now I think it was misguided to tweet that at all. I think, you know, I think she was thinking, oh, there's probably a lot of haters out yep. there who are hoping I was part of, the, you know, part of the people yep. who got tossed out. 
And I'm sure she did that as like a fuck you to them. Yep. But not understanding that the primary people who are actually following you are the folks who are either just got laid off or related to people who got laid off. Those are the people in your circle, the people who are sorry for the people who got laid off. So you tweeting that comes off as tone deaf, even if in your head you were thinking, oh, I'm going to. Oh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a stick it to the haters. I get it. I kind of got exactly. that, too. I was like, she probably again, I don't know this lady, but I'm yeah. just assuming I try to give people benefit of the doubt. She probably didn't mean it. In a negative sense, like, ha, I'm still here. She probably was like, you know, to the very interesting number of people making YouTube videos about her. I was like, mm -hmm. again, very fucking weird to like make videos like that. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Just saying that. Yeah, I just wanted to say that. So I feel like that might have been the context there. But it sucks that, you know, anyone's losing their job. I know I just said the Black Hokage, he left a little while ago, like a, like a couple weeks ago. So, like, a lot of people are going, Kevin Pereira, I feel like this for Kevin and Adam Sessler also, who I'm not sure if Adam Sessler is even still there. I he, he, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Okay. But I feel like for both of them, they were kind of just brought on board for this, and they were doing completely other things and being totally fine with it. Um, I, I'm not sure what Kevin was doing, but he was doing something. He was having a decent life. Um, Adam, I know he was consulting stuff. Yeah, he was like working on like random, yeah, consultant gigs, which is pays a lot of money. Yeah, and he, I think he had like a company he was doing for consulting. Like he made a whole company, so like he was clearly tied up with other shit. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these OG G four folks were only supposed to be here for maybe a year and didn't dip out. Um, so in the case of Kevin Prayer, when he says that, I'm not surprised. I I could believe that. Um, but it just seems like overall G4 had a great launch, you know, great new studio did everything right. I really feel mm. like they're doing everything correctly. Oh, I got to disagree with that right there. Let, let me say it like this. Okay. Let me say it okay. Like this. okay. I'll, I'll say my G4, point after you finish. with this. Okay. Okay. When G4 was a thing on TV, it, it, it just came too early. Like that type of content that they made on G4 in like what? 2000 and when they shut down like 11 or something. Uh, yeah, that should be, uh, yeah, yeah, 2011, 2013. Right, let's say, I think it's 13. When they shut down in 2013, um, that was the type of content that I watch today on YouTube, on Twitch, on all that stuff. But they were too early, and the internet was starting to say, hey, we, we're on Twitch, we're on YouTube, we, all this shit that you get here, you can watch here without paying for the actual cable channel. And so they just they were just way too early on that and they didn't change fast enough. And so they got, you know, shut down. But I think when they did the relaunch where all of their shows were not only on TV, but also streaming on Twitch, and then they broke out the clips and everything for YouTube. That is exactly the way that I would have imagined when I was watching G4 originally as a kid. That's how you would have done it. That's the way that you do it so that no matter where you are, you're able to catch up on your favorite personalities or whatever. And all that stuff. Now, the problem with G4 <laughs> is not because of how they're doing the content. It is the content itself, which is to say there's nothing bad about it. Like, there's nothing bad about G4's content. Like, I don't, I do not want to shit talk anybody there because I like a lot of those personalities. I love the completionists. I love Austin. Uh, I was about to say Austin Walker. Austin Creed. <laughs> I love all these folks. Um, but, like, when it gets right down to it, Am I in the mood for a G for a X play style review of a game anymore where they're putting in jokes, they're being quippy about it, or am I just looking for either a really quick five minute video telling me if the game's good or not, 
or the three hour long Noah Caldwell Gervais essay on a game that really dives deep into it. Those are really the two things I'm interested in. If you're going to tell me about a game, I don't really care if you have jokes anymore. <laughs> and similar thing for like, you know, they got the crazy office and they've had a couple like announcements on G4. Like they haven't had an E3 yet, which I really do think would help them if they were able to go on location and cover something like that. I really do think that would have been a big boom for them. Hey, actually, they existed before this. Well, E3 didn't happen this year, so I, <laughs> I guess that makes sense. So, like, I feel like that's the type of thing where back in the day, I really looked at G4 for, like, coverage of all of the E3 goings on and such. But even now, I can go to Kind of Funny for that. I can go to Easy Allies for that. I can go all these places. And, you know, it, it just seems like where X-Play and Attack of the Show and all that stuff used to be the version of all the stuff that exists on the internet now, when it comes back, it is now just another one of these things that's on the internet now. So I never want to say any other content's bad, but I just find myself not being attracted to it in the same way because it is no longer special by the metrics of everything else on the internet has caught up to that level. And so, yeah, that's just my opinion. So hopefully they still stick around, but all this cost-cutting news, it sounds like, oh man, this is the same type of talk that happened to Vane when that was a thing. So I'm, I'm a little concerned for him. Everything you just said was very, very well said. Um, and that's why I love uh, your personality. Uh, yeah, everything was very thorough. You're very thorough with everything. Uh, there's a couple things I want to pull very quickly. Since you, since you went specifically from the content perspective, something I can't speak on. So don't, I just don't watch them. Um, I just have too, I have too many things that I already watch. Uh, this is no, no room for a G4. And to quickly uh, jump on that, I agree. They were too early. They were one of the only ones doing it at the time. It just wasn't sustainable on a network television show. But they're also now too late. They have both too early and now too late. They have they came they announced that they were coming back in 2020, July 24, 2020, far into the Patreon podcast era that we find ourselves in now. And they didn't actually yeah. launch until November 16, 2021. I have the dates right here. I'm, I'm not acting like I know that off the top of my head, but I have the dates right. <laughs> uh, and they actually did close in uh, late 2012, I believe. Um, so all that being said, speaking specifically from the financial side, since you covered their content so well, I, I can't put it any better. Speaking specifically from the financial side in researching the show actually last week, um, but not finding it need to, to take over, but upon further thinking about and hearing other people discuss it as well, they have over 200 people working at G4. What the fuck are 200 people doing at G4? And I don't mean this to sound rude or come across as like, I don't think they should have jobs or anything like that. But what are they doing with 200 people? And again, I'm not meaning this mean, but for real, like what, what are they all doing? Is it like graphics packaging? Is it like oh, completely um, editing? You do not start. You can't start that way. You can't start while eat. I mean, that's eating money. That is so many people to pay for and now you have to justify the cost year over year and you have you already start way behind in your financial earnings or telling or telling your bosses how much money you make or your expectations and things of that nature when you have that many people on payroll that's just a nut that's not it's crazy fucking i can't believe it I can't believe they I had mean, that many people. I, I think they're down to 170 
or, or maybe a little less than that now, but they had an incredible amount of people uh, upon researching. Oh. I couldn't find a full, this is how many people, but it's like around 200 people. I'll say this. I'll say this. They got, they already got like what feels like a good 20 people that are just on camera. <laughs> like Jesus. they got a lot of personalities over there. They got close to 20 people that are just folks who were hosting <laughs> things or popping up on a show or whatever. Um, shout my out puppy. to the dog. <laughs> my puppy. Um, She's like, I want to yeah. get out. <laughs> She's done with her nap. <laughs> I'll let you out, sweetie. You can, you can keep going. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so they got a lot of people there in the staff uh, just being on camera. But at the end of the day, this is still like a very big, like, cable network TV production. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is still cable TV. And they're, they probably got a cable TV budget to fill out a cable TV studio. Yeah. And they got a cable TV staff. So at the end of the day, or because when you said 200, I was like, that's crazy. Because I look at, once again, that's the template I'm going with. Kind of funny. Yep. They got, what, a dozen people? Maybe some of the most popular people out there. I'm thinking, uh, who, uh, who, who can, who's has the highest Patreon? We have kind of funny, probably. We have Easy Allies. We have Last Stand Media. Min-Max. We have Min Max is up. There. Min Max. We have No Clip. We have. I mean, I could go fucking on and on. Mm-hmm. How many people work at those? Less I'll than 200, probably all together. That is true. Like less than 100, probably all together. To be honest, yeah, all those. But the thing about some of those where, it, once again, cable TV, you're expected to be live daily with something. I'm sure the I, I've been seeing it pop up on my YouTube subscriptions. G4 has insane output with not only are they live streaming all the time, they are putting out some type of edited piece of content all the time. Like almost every weekday, they have some piece of edited content and there's some type of live stream every single day. So I can very easily see, especially if you want to look professional, you know, you probably got hair and makeup, which I'm sure a lot of these like smaller Patreon type channels don't do like that type. You of, know how like, much money I would pay for any of the people we mentioned to have hair and makeup. <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> to see. Exactly. Like it's, it's that type of thing you're not thinking or that I wouldn't think about. Um, and it, it's I can easily see how that would balloon. But I also feel like this is another reason why. The whole, oh, we need to be on cable and we need to be on TV thing doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to be that way. We can very easily, like almost all the internet we consume, like all the Disney shows are through a screen. They're not on cable anymore. All the, like all of these big pieces of media that we care about. Yes, Atlanta's on network cable television. Most people's watching that on Hulu the next day. Same for Abbott Elementary that's about to start a second season. Like we experience entertainment through the internet primarily and cable a second. So I understand that investors and stuff, they hear cable and they think about the big money cable production. So they give the money for a cable production. But when you talk about G4, it doesn't need to be a cable production. It can be because for the first couple months before leading into the launch in November, they were just doing live streams in like some random house they rented or or it wasn't a house. It was like some building, but they were just doing live streams and having fun and it did seem like, all right, this is very much so a lower key version of G4. There's going to be a more grand unveiling sometime soon. But you could do that and be successful. You keep your overhead low that way. And if the people are funny enough or entertaining enough, if they just like watching these personalities, that's what makes it hit. But I'm even now I'm starting to think back. How much of G4 did I like? Because 
I love the personalities and how much of it was because you couldn't get this content anywhere else on, on anything. So I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Again, this is not to yeah. disparage anyone there. There's probably a lot of talented people there. Again, I can't speak because oh, I, yeah, I don't certainly. watch their stuff. I've only heard of a few people. Jared Pleasionist, huge deal. I love Austin Creed on fucking anything. I will literally watch him cut grass. Yeah. That dude's fucking entertaining. Yeah. Um, and like Kevin Ferrer is still funny. Adam Sessler is yeah. still, you know, I like I Adam like Sessler is a crazy movie. grandpa of the industry. I still, I'll tell you, he's like, he, uh, he's, he's yeah. like, um, fuck, what's his name? Damn it. God of War guy. Uh, David Jaffe. He's like David Jaffe. Oh, he, like oh, just like this is your crazy grandpa that just screams at clouds. I love it. it, well, it those David are like Jaffe's the two. A little bit. David Jaffe's a little bit more on the wild side. Adam Sessler. Adam Sessler's like, pretty wild. Have you seen his Twitter account? That dude's pretty look, fucking crazy. Adam Sessler is very wild, but I feel like often Adam Sessler's heart is in the right place, but he just like goes too far with shit, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, All right, I buddy, mean, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have gone there. You shouldn't have even done that. <laughs> he I said some crazy shit. Oh yes! Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. I, and again, I loved him back in the day. I watched X Play. I liked when he did his. Uh, again, it, regardless of the crazy shit, I this is very nostalgic when he was like four out of five. Are you kidding me? Like you yeah, kidding me? Yeah. That that brings a smile like, to my face immediately. But of course, I can point out that that dude's probably crazy now. Yeah, <laughs> David Jaffe. I'm like from top to bottom. Like, yeah, God of War was great, but like you're the type of dude who made Drawn to Death in like his forties, <laughs> like. I I don't I don't know if I trust a man who has done that, but at, at least Adam Sessler doesn't have a demerit like that. But he's got some other demerits. Mm, yeah. Long story short, um, yeah, I, some of these personalities I like, but at the end of the day, there are too many personalities on the internet. I have already attached myself to others. I don't know if I need to reintroduce myself to these that I've already closed that chapter of my life on. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I. I hope G4 hits. I hope people like it. I, I feel like they are really hitting it with um they got this one really popular streamer who has a show on G4. And you know, they often get like Hassan, Pokimane, all those big streamers on that show too. So they had Amaranth on before. Yeah, Amar- She's a huge They did an interview with Amaranth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they have some pull, but I just don't know. In a in a life and time where like Hassan can get just as many views with bringing Amaranth on by himself. Show, it, by himself, by himself, just Amar- without Amaranth, yeah, and he can just without a set, without nothing, same amount of viewers, yeah, or even more often, yep. probably. Yeah, so, it's just we, it's just been over that personality. We have it in like spades that personality driven content that is like you come for them, but you also come for the views, and, and but it's just it's it's overtaken. Uh, looking at their YouTube, of course, you can't judge financials from YouTube views at all, but just speaking broadly. They range anywhere. Their most common is about four to to six k, seven k. Their highest fifty five k. I'm seeing, um, because they have popular streamers on. I see Nico Lull uh, on the fifteen fifty five k. I imagine she's the majority of that. Uh, so they're definitely trying to very smartly gain traffic that way. It just doesn't seem like people are staying. They're not retaining. I think of kind of funny, kind of that way, where like they've kind of always they've been pretty stagnant in terms of how big they are and that could be a number of things that could be just the way they are doing things of that nature but there's a huge difference between kind of funny and g4 because uh g4 pays for over 100 people that is true that was a great conversation that was a great conversation yeah 
we'll see what happens with G four. My yeah. heart goes out to the staff. Hopefully they, hopefully the ones who remain will survive for longer. <laughs> um, and I'm praying for those folks who lost their jobs to land on their feet. Yeah, yeah. If we start seeing more people go away, I, 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 I at that point I'm gonna be like, eh, we might be losing just them now again. Yeah. And then again, just as a reminder, that's barely a year after they launched. They're doing all of this. So it hasn't even been a year yet. More NVIDIA leaks are coming true as Sackboy is spotted by SteamDB, which skims Steam's database for new releases being officially announced. Uh, that's just important to point out. We knew this when NVIDIA leak. They accidentally posted, I think, a store page back in, I think, last October or something. Something really far away. I don't remember. It might have been earlier this year. But yeah. more confirmation. Get excited. More PC games are coming yeah. via the PlayStation. Hope it runs great on deck because that sounds like a perfect one. I was just about to say, that's a good point. On your deck, it'll probably be great. Now, an hour and 40 minutes into the show, we're going to be starting the show. Of course, we already covered the biggest news, so that's going to be the majority of the show. So let's yeah. get into this second news item over here. Uh, this is via GameSpot, an interview with Phil Horse, um, Hornschwall with Destiny 2 director Joe Blackburn. Gave some details on what to expect tonally when we see the latest installment of the major popular franchise, Destiny, in the expansion named Lightfall. This is a direct quote from him again. Remember, I'm going to cover why I don't cover everything, but I don't cover all the interviews. I want you to go read it. So go to GameStop for the full context of everything. But here's one of the things when asked about the tone of the of the uh, expansion. Quote, as you started getting towards Lightfall, we said, hey, how can we keep the stakes high but change the mood for a release? Blackburn continued, we look at things like The Empire Strikes Back. That has a feeling of, oh my gosh, the heroes lose, but the movie doesn't feel like they lose the whole time. We start to look at, okay, what are things with really high stakes that have a different tone to them? I think we got really attached to sort of blockbuster action movies. Uh, insert quote here. Uh, sorry. Insert another quote here inside of uh, this bigger quote. You can look at things like Aliens. You can look at things like Commando. You can look at things like The Old Guard. And you can say these have specific feel throughout them. But they don't sacrifice that like, hey, the world is at stake. Independence Day is another one that we really look at. It's like, oh my god, watch the trailer for Independence Day. You're like, this is going to be a hell of a movie. The Earth's going to get destroyed. Then you get to the theater, and Will Smith's like, welcome to the Earth. You're like, oh, it's this kind of movie. <laughs> End quote. I love the way he puts it. Go check out the article for the full interview if you're craving more information. Uh, there's uh, there's more of their thought process behind the game, and specifically of the gameplay sense, as well as how they introduced uh, the grappling hook and how that's going to change your Destiny 2 experience. To summarize, the article fits perfectly with the actual headline of the article itself, quote, Bungie wants Destiny 2 Lightfall to feel like Braid Runner meets Independence Day, end quote. End quote. Now, did I put this solely for the fact that I'm trying to talk Emmett Watkins Jr. into playing Destiny 2 with me? I'm going to let you decide that. I'm going to let you at home decide that. Uh, but very quickly, Emmett, any of this uh, excite you? I wanted to throw this in here because... Coming from the prior expansion of Destiny 2 and getting excited for Lightfall, I'm interested in what they go tonally because we know that the final shape is the culmination of everything that Destiny has had. So we're almost kind of expecting this to be kind of a downer expansion. I assume we'll lose, in quotes, like in some way at the end or something. I don't know. Um, it's literally called Lightfall, so I'm imagining something bad will happen to so maybe our powers or something similar yeah, to like the Red light War. Light brown for the season. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that is probably what will happen. Um, but I just wanted to bring this to people's attention. I'm very excited for Lightfall, and I thought this was an interesting uh, interview with Joe Blackburn on what tonally we can expect from the game. Um, I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. 
I haven't cared about Destiny 2 tonally ever. <laughs> like, and I played, I played the single player. I played, what is it? The purple case with the gun. I think Cade dies in it. Forsaken. Yeah. Forsaken. I played Forsaken. And I think I stopped around Forsaken. But the entire time, I didn't. I don't really care about, I think halfway through the main story of Destiny 2, I just started skipping through cutscenes because I was like, I don't care. Yeah, but it was very fun. Like I, Destiny 2, one of the best like feeling shooters ever. Um, I still feel like that's the case. And with every new addition that they make to the gameplay, I am interested. But a grappling hook, like my favorite games in the world have something akin to a grappling hook. So okay. Titanfall 2, grappling hook. Spider-Man, not a grappling hook, but basically a grappling hook. Uh, Infamous 2, one of the last levels you get, an electric grappling hook. Yep. So like I could I'm probably gonna play this just because grappling hook, but will I get into it? I don't know, fam. We're, we gotta find uh, out. You know, bungee campaigns are good, but I, I always hesitate to say I'm gonna get into any game because I have seasons. Like I love Apex Legends. I I maxed out the battle pass one season and I and then I got to 87 on the season after that, and I never touched it again. And I, I still like Apex, but I just I have my seasons. Same thing with Fortnite. I think I think I've maxed out the last two battle passes, but I feel myself falling off. Of it. Yeah, I, I, wow. I see that, too. I, I was the same with Destiny where I'm kind of peaks and valleys. I didn't even play last season at all, um, mm -hmm. pretty much compared to what I do now. And of course, I'm hardcore into it right now as I prepare for the new we'll see. added difficulty of the raid. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. I like uh, I I'm reminded of when you had me on. Um, I think Horizon. you had. I th yes, yes. When I was on for Horizon, you had asked me if and the uh, uh, Witch Queen had just came out and you asked me, is this a good enough campaign for someone to come play absent of everything around it? And at this point in the franchise, I can't imagine narratively anyone caring about the game if you haven't already been playing. And that's just a speaking to how they've kind of handled the narrative throughout Destiny's life cycle. Also speaking to they really, really, they really kind of depend on you, like really knowing the universe for everything to feel bad. I mean, the entire idea of Savathun was built up very under the surface of Destiny for a long time via lore and things. And her name was mentioned. But if you weren't hardcore into Destiny and I told you the next expansion is going to have Savathun, no one that doesn't play Destiny regularly would even know the word. And people who play Destiny still probably wouldn't know because you have to go read lore. You have to very pay attention to the cutscenes where it's a lot of jargon being said. So I kind of get what you're saying. Am I going to quit? No, I'm going to try and I'm still going to try. And get it. It's like drugs. Like I got to get my friends to do it. So I feel better <laughs> when I play it. Yeah, we all got to fucking pass out together. I, I will say. The biggest factor, whether or not I will quote unquote get into this game, I currently work nights at the current job. I am I am almost into the level where I can start asking to be switched to the day shift. So hopefully if that happens before the end of this year and I go to day shift, maybe I'll have more time while other people have time because that's the hardest part of my life right now. It's like, well, I go to work at six. Well, I leave work at six. So <laughs> when are we doing this thing? And it's like, well, never, <laughs> so, <laughs> never. Goodbye. <laughs> Hang up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the biggest factor for me okay game just up as an arc and before i get into this i want to clarify this was at the very very tail end of us starting so the the write-up for this is a bit rough i had to very quickly put this in before starting so apologies if this is a bit messy um that's why i'm giving full credit to 
the article. Please go read it for full, full information, but I, I covered the majority of what you need to hear, uh, listen to you. Uh, this is a game industry that is, has an article written by Brendan Sinclair discussing an ex-Rocksteady developer was offered money to try and resolve complaints stemming from when she was at the studio. Scriptwriter Kim McAskill, back in 20, uh, sorry, 2018, authored a note signed by 10 of the 16 women uh, there detailing unacceptable behavior at the studio, including sexual harassment, slurs about transgender people, and talking about women in a derogatory or sexual ways. Matt, uh, yeah, Mac. Mac Askill, there we go, came forward after the letter went public and stated she actually lost her job because of it. She was far from uh, going to back down from these claims, going as far as asking for her name out of the credits and withdrawing from consideration for the Women in Games Lifetime Achievement Award, saying the reason was Rocksteady being a sponsor of the event. She was offered, quote, lots of money, end quote, but she would decline it and just wanted an apology. Quote, all I want is an apology, and last week I even asked for it. Hell, I half begged. I just wanted this to be resolved, but not like that. Not with money. How does anything change that way? End quote. An official statement from Warner Bros. reads, quote, Investigations found there is no evidence of, uh, substantiating the allegations of this former employee who resigned in 2019. We stand alongside all forms. Not alongside, although it kind of seems that way. We stand against all forms of harassment and take any allegation extremely seriously. We support those who have concerns they wish to raise. We therefore took the necessary time to thoroughly investigate allegations at Rock City Studios with the utmost integrity. End quote. The statement said one investigation was conducted by an external independent law firm with a second by a Warner, Warner Media People Relations team from outside the gaming division. Both found that issues raised, quote, were handled appropriately and sensitively. Hmm. So. Not so, not so appropriately. Yeah, right? yeah. So it does seem very strange from uh, especially Warner Brothers side here, especially offering essentially hush money. Uh, in form of uh, trying to get her to stop talking about this. Very interesting yeah. that she stuck by her guns and just said no to everything. Uh, yeah. Don't know if Noble. I could. I don't, don't even know if I could do that. <laughs> if, if it was, in fact, quote, lots of money, end quote. But um, uh, she said she just wanted an apology. She even went as far as saying she doesn't want to be. And apparently they had offered her all of this. So they were going to give her money. They were going to give her a bunch of extra stuff she didn't go into. And then they were also going to still include her in the credits. And she just went no to all of it. So this this lady definitely has like an axe to grind against them. They clearly did something that pissed this lady off. Um, so yeah. I wanted to bring this to attention because this is pretty serious, and it doesn't seem like there's really been a resolution, even since this has been public since I believe tw uh, around 2019, 2020. Uh, it doesn't seem like I'll, really anything has happened. I'll be honest, because like this is a story. You said it popped off 2019. I don't remember it from 2019. Yeah, well, it happened in 2019, but it didn't go public, I believe, until 2020. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, again, this was like last minute. I found it and was like, I got to put this in the show really quick. Yeah. So. Well, I heard this. I think they were talking about this on Kind of Funny Games Daily yesterday. I was listening to it on the way home from work. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. We're still at this point where, you know, we've we've heard all the awful things from, you know, your Ubisofts, your Activision. Blizzard. Your, yeah, your Blizzard, your what's the other one? Quantic Dreams, like all this <laughs> stuff. But like David Cage, he hearing it come, yeah, David, yeah, David Cage. <laughs> um, but yeah, hearing this stuff come from a Warner Brothers studio is it's not another escalation of it. It just feels like all right, another one. Like we we keep having this, and like the fact that they they say that they handled it appropriately and discreetly and all this stuff. 
whatever you did clearly wasn't enough if she still feels like an apology wasn't made. I feel like that's the thing that they don't want to do. They, they'll never say that they did something wrong, but they will say that they fixed any issues that may have been there. They, they want to absolve themselves of all legal, you know, yep. of, of all legal issues or wrongdoing or whatever. And it really frustrates me when these folks who just want things right, they just want like, just apologize. That's the crazy thing to me. As long as she's telling the truth, and I think she is, she just wanted an apology and they didn't do it, which is like, even if you think it didn't happen, like, is it that bad just to say sorry if it did? I don't know. It just seems like weird. If again, if all this is true, that's a fucking really weird thing to just not say. It's one of those things where if they were giving a sincere apology, they would have to acknowledge that it happened. That's a good point. Like, That's a good point. If they didn't, they're, they're pro- the reason they're probably not giving apologies is because they, they either they don't believe it happened or they don't want to legally believe or acknowledge. Or acknowledge. Yeah, that's a good point. So, like, I, I think it's just a bunch of corporate BS or just folks being scared of, like, oh, if we agree that something's going on, then we have to answer for a bunch of other shit and then. You know, this is one of 10 who will talk about it publicly out of 16 who apparently have been affected. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if you if you bend your knees to one, you'll bend your knees to all of them, most likely. And so they just don't want to be on the hook for that. I hate this shit. It makes me mad. But like at the end of the day, you know, good for her for having the Keones to like stand up to this shit. Now, I don't even I, think I, I could do this. Yeah. Being, I, being honest. She, probably has, she had, probably has more fortitude than me, if I'm honest. But yeah. At the same time, I am I am nothing but a man. <laughs> so it would be very easy for me to just turn the other cheek because that's the default here. But um, yeah, I fucking... It, it shouldn't be like this. She shouldn't have to withdraw her name from the credit. She shouldn't have to give up a Lifetime Achievement Award. She shouldn't have to do any of this shit just to stand on her morals. The world should have morals enough so that people don't have to lean on their own so much. That's my opinion. But yeah. Glad, glad that you know she's doing something. There's no even like happy ending to this. It's like oh, no, so unfortunately, no. There's not, and apparently, and right. not apparently. Sorry. Uh, and the reason this did was brought up. She actually brought this up uh, uh, on the 18th, so a few days ago. So that's kind of why it's back in the news cycle again. And she fully details. If you want to see her full side of the story, she wrote all about it over on Twitter. She has multiple screenshots of, uh, I believe, a notes app on uh, Android. I think. So if you want to yeah. read the whole thing, I will. Uh, I'll end it with. This last thing that I actually really love. Um, so she ends this whole letter with, To end on the amazing woman, my foul-mouthed grandmother, who gifted me with a moral compass that even Warner couldn't buy, quote, prostitute ye morals for no cunt, end quote. <laughs> I respect that. That's fucking cool. That is very cool. As a songwriter once said, that's a boss-ass bitch. <laughs> Now, let's get into something that I am very angry about, and I actually don't know Emmett Watkins Jr.'s thoughts on this. Well, we got incredibly bad news, regardless of where you stand on this argument. PSVR 2, the next iteration in the PlayStation VR units, will not be backwards compatible. Coming from the PlayStation blog podcast, Hideki Nishino, Senior Vice President of Platform Experience, said this, quote, PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2 because PSVR 2 is designed to deliver a truly next-gen experience. VR, sorry, truly next generation VR experience. PSVR 2 has much more advanced features like all new controllers with feedback, adaptive triggers, and inside out tracking. 
eye tracking in the headset, 3D audio all coming together, of course. So this means developing PSVR 2 requires a whole different approach from the original PSVR, end quote. Unclear if, this is, if there is a huge barrier for games to be easily ported, but it seems Sony is clear that they aren't interested in making it natively backwards compatible. So this, so it will see that developers might have to work on porting their games over manually. And several other things I want to quickly add into this. Uh, there is a rumor, there's an active rumor going around, that the best-selling VR games will make their way to PSVR 2, most in the way of free ports. I'm going to say that in quotes. PSVR with um, PSVR without Perot said on Twitter, quote, tons of devs are working on PSVR 2 versions of their PSVR games as we speak, end quote. Take this with a grain of salt, of course. There isn't much going on here, as most people are just pointing out the office. No offense to PSVR without Perot here. Of course they are. I don't think anyone's arguing that it's that it's not being worked on. The argument is we have to possibly buy these games again. So that's the, that's my entire argument around this. Why uh, do I have this huge library of PSVR games if it's now all useless if I buy a PSVR 2? I have multiple things I want to quickly bring up. One, the only solution in my eyes now, since the cat's out of the bag, is have a PS collection type service at launch ready. I said this on Twitter to multiple people. This is really the only way in my eyes to save this launch and have a huge uh, number of people adapt to this uh, PSVR 2 hardware, as I'm sure they want to, because this thing is going to be a very premium product for an already premium product. So you have to have yeah. two premium products to do this and then buy games for it. You have to have a PS type collection deal at launch. Have, if you are a member of PS Plus, just like with the PS5, that if you buy it at launch, there'll be 10 to 20 games ready as soon as you plug your thing in. If you have Plus, you'll immediately be able to download Beat Saber, uh, Saints and Two, Star Wars. I mean, just insert and popular VR game here. That is the only way, at my eyes, you can kind of salvage this because, frankly, this is. I, I I can't understand why this is not embarrassing. I actually brought this up with someone on Twitter, where they were stating that they weren't shocked that PSVR isn't compatible because psvr 2 is such leaps and bounds different from psvr i am not a i am not in no means saying that these two devices are not different but are you really telling me that it's impossible for playstation to have some sort of backwards api to congent to concurrently work on psvr games and be able to work it in some way to work on PSVR 2 games. So that that's the most impossible thing. I saw someone say, and I respect this guy's opinion a lot, so I'm not going to like, I'm not shitting on this guy at all, but uh, Dustin Furman, I've had, actually had him on the show before. He was, uh, I had replied to his tweet and, and I was like, I understand it's probably hard to work on these, but is that really a, an excuse, like a worthy excuse? We're just gonna be like, it has different buttons, so it's hard enough. And, and, and it, that was basically his response was like, like, it's not that it's hard, it's just a completely different platform, essentially. And I just, it's just not good enough for me. I don't, I don't know why it is for other, some people. Maybe I'm just missing the forest for the trees and I'm just really blind on this. I am ignorant on the software. I'm not pretending like I'm someone like PSVR without Pro, which I'm sure he knows very, very, very much about the PSVR and the developments and all these things. I'm very ignorant of that. I'm not going to hide that. But this to me is an incredible miss that they should have nailed. And this also pays back your early adopters to your fucking VR system. That is the most, that is the reason you have the second system in the first place because people bought PSVR one. 
So why would you not let? Why would you not work on? I don't know. Please, Emmett, tell tell me what you think. I'll I'll start here. I'll start here. I, I'm right there with you when when they say a lot of the biggest selling PSVR games are gonna get ports anyway. What does biggest selling mean, and is that gonna cover some of the ones in my backlog? Because Thank one you. of the best PSVR games that no one talks about, no one. I'm sure a couple of people have played, but no one says anything about it. Uh, Static, which is a game by Tarsier Studios, the same folks who made Little Nightmares. Um, it is a it's a VR game, but it's all on one DualShock controller. And you're literally the controller becomes a puzzle box in your hands. And you're just trying to figure out what the buttons do so you can figure out how to solve the puzzle box to go on to the next level. Um, one of my favorite VR games ever, just top to bottom. It's great. Uh, but no one talks about it. And it probably didn't sell a million copies or something crazy. So is that getting a port? Is Red Matter the game that I've been wanting to play on PSVR, but I've been waiting for PSVR 2? Is that getting a port? I know that's a smaller title. Um, you know, you'll you'll definitely get stuff like Iron Man VR will get ported. You'll probably get a new, uh, what is it? Uh, Astrobot. You'll probably get that ported, I'm sure. But like to quickly you know, add Arizona in, someone took a picture of the yeah. top 10 selling PSVR games and it was like, you can expect ports of all these. For multiple reasons, I don't care. One, I don't know if I have to buy them again. So why the fuck would I care? I don't care if they're ported. I have to buy them again. Wow. Yeah, is that going to be, be worth it? Two, is that what we're measuring? What needs to be ported is how much it's sold? I don't give a fuck how much it's sold. I want to be able to play some of these obscure games that I miss. I've never heard of Static before. That could have been something I would have bought natively on the system when I found out my best friend Edmund Watkins Jr. loved it. Yeah, Static is really fucking good. Like, it, and there's a lot of these smaller games. Like, I always wanted to play. I bought it, but just I've been waiting for PSVR 2 because I thought it was going to work. Uh, the American Dream, which is another one where it's like a kind of social commentary where it's like random Americana, you know. Oh, it's the 1950s typical white American suburban home. But, like, your hands are guns. And so you have to interact with everything. <laughs> but your hands That's are fucking guns. awesome. And, and that's why it's the American dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's um, awesome. But yeah, it's stuff like that. Like those games, the more obscure, the more artistic, the more interesting uses of the VR platform are probably going to get tossed by the wayside, let alone the like admittedly fun, but not very artistically valuable things like Gun Club and Pavlov VR. Like just go open up a bunch of different weapons and just shoot in the gun range. And that stuff has its fun too. But like, a lot of that stuff's going to get left by the wayside, so that's going to suck. Now, I will say as far as, like, how easy is it to port, I understand that to a certain degree, a lot of this stuff is just data. Like, you know, you can transfer the input method from the PlayStation Move controllers. You can transfer a lot of that data into PSVR 2 and just change how it's read, change how it's outputted and all that stuff. You can make a lot of that stuff work. But what I've been hearing is that the original PlayStation VR 2 the actual STK for development was very difficult to work with. That's the big reason why you didn't see. I did read a bit. Works. I did read a bit about this. I believe it was via Jeff Grubb. He was saying like, yes, a lot of different developers had to kind of duct tape and bubble gum their way to make VR games even work on the thing. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's true. But now we're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth, maybe unintentionally here, because people are now saying, oh, my God, people will just port to PSVR 2 because it'll be so easy, then why the fuck is it not backwards compatible if it's so easy to port the games? So now what are yeah. we saying? I am very confused. I think, 
I think it's this. I think you're going to see a lot of ports from Oculus and from PC VR to PSVR 2 because now the input methods are almost exactly the same. The tracking is almost exactly the same. Everything is going to be one for one. And they've updated their SDK to kind of be in line with the standard of VR development yeah. now. I think PSVR 1 is the odd man out. I think it's a case of, I think it's the same case as why PS3 still isn't playable, backwards compatible on PS5, where, yes, all these other games, similar SDKs, everything works, and then they did something completely different for PS3, fucked it all up, and yep. now you can only stream it. For an entire generation. Exactly. I feel like that's the case of PSVR 1 here. You know what I want? <laughs> oh, no. I want... <laughs> Just like they have with P- to be able to stream PS3s. I want far because I, it, it just just in case you don't know, Achievers, there's literally warehouses of PS3s hooked up to like generators so you can stream your PS3 game because they still haven't really figured out how to do it. So it's literally just playing on a server miles away from you. There's a PS3 playing a game and shooting you what it's playing like through Wi-Fi. So that's They're like, still working on it though. So maybe PS6 will get. It. May, maybe they'll get it. They they'll figure out this mystery of of sale processing. I want. <laughs> I want some sort of farm with people with PSVR on, and when I want oh, a PSVR yeah. two game, I want it to signal from there that they have to mirror me exactly. So I'm playing PSVR two stream natively. All right, figure it out. All right, I figured that out in ten minutes, Snowy. Jokes, Here, as, jokes aside, demo. jokes aside. I can give you a live demo ahead. on how that would be. Please. Look at your hand and think, I want to move my hand. And then 0.46 milliseconds after you have that thought, <laughs> then move your hand. And do that for 10 minutes <laughs> with every action. I want it, Sony. Start working on it. J- jokes aside. This, this uh, I will say, did leave me uh, a bit sullied on wanting to buy one now. I went from a day one buy to now I'm like, I'm going to wait for maybe a year. There's going to be a good bit of games stacked up and then maybe I'll buy it. Yeah, I'm waiting to see what the ports are. And honestly, now that I know all these aren't getting ported, I might go back and just put on my same here. Same here. I was actually thinking the same thing. I'm going to see if there's going to be a a collection that is like good enough. And if there isn't and they're just launching the system, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm just going to play my VR one until I get through all these games and then I can. And then I'll, I don't know, sell it or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm right there with you. We'll see how it shakes out next year. We'll come soon. We'll see. We'll see. Um, very quickly, we're going to go over to Shuya Yoshida because he said some interesting things. Um, that indies are going to be taking the risks that, uh, uh, that maybe their bigger games won't. Um, here's a quote via Video Games Chronicle on, uh, by Jordan Midler. He was actually mentioned earlier in the show by Emmett. But there are big games like Horizon Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village, and yes, they're amazing, but it's the indies in my mind that really take the risk uh, because they want to make games on VR. Indies have been waiting for the next VR boom. Uh, oh, uh, just like Mish, Mizuguchi-san. Mizuguchi-san. Oh, Mizuguchi-san. Yeah, Mizuguchi-san, yeah, yeah. referring to te- Tetsuya Michiguchi, the developer behind Res and Tetris Effect, which are fucking great games. Um... And that was really it. I don't again. I don't cover full interviews, so go check out Video Games Chronicle to read the full thing. I just thought that was interesting that you see to is he, first off he's still hanging around. It does seem like he's just chilling, like walking around, like yeah, I like indies. indies. I'll talk yeah. about indies. That's for PlayStation. Though. Yeah, yeah, that's all. He, that's all he's doing over there. But I just, I, I just wanted to highlight that. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping VR two signifies like he said a VR boom. 
like a, a, a very large, there's going to be a huge adoption. I don't want every game to be VR. I just want like options and, and more things to be added. So a little bit of a, nice not thing. everything will be a shooter. Let's yeah, get yeah. some other. Yeah. Things. Let's get some experiences. I don't, I, you know, I've, I played, mm. uh, uh, the robber game on PSVR one. Oh, the robber game. Oh, fuck. Uh, is it a crisis brigade? No, oh, that's a cop game. Robber game. Fever. Blood and truth. I played blood and truth. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst way you could have described that it is the getaway it is it is yeah but i play wow. that and all it's right. like it's like all right i played this and like it feels like every other thing is just pick a gun up and shoot it like let's get let's yeah. get creative moss good example of that moss is great i agree more astrobots as well <laughs> uh, just keep making astrobot forever yeah, Jeez, so good this is a quick one microsoft stealth dropped a lot of dmr checks off of xbox one titles um, in multiple instances, you will not need a disc. Go ahead. There's nothing too crazy here, but what they basically did was kind of pull back on a lot of the DRM checks that the original Xbox One titles did. Essentially, they would do multiple checks so you could not play them offline. And they kind of scaled that back a bit, although it's not perfect now. You'll be able uh, to, the majority of your Xbox One discs, just plug it in and play. You should be fine doing that offline. Uh, I believe they don't even require the initial DRMR check, although that's unclear because some games need online to trigger their installation in period. So it's it's hard to tell. I would I would say you're probably 60, 40, like the majority of them, you'll probably still need to be online. There, There's no way you would have to test every title to like know how extensive this is. But it's good news as DRMR is annoying. So if you are out of Internet, you might be able to play some of those Xbox One titles digitally and on disc. So just check it out next time. Play Bayonetta. <laughs> Play Bayonetta. I have it digitally. Uh, this news comes from PC Gamer as Jeff Goodman, the lead hero designer on Overwatch, has left Blizzard. It doesn't seem as sudden as Blizzard said he had plans early in the year to leave. If you're a fan of Overwatch, then you have Jeff Goodman to thank for a lot of the heroes you have come to love as he has been with the game since pre-production on the title, working on heroes in the game. And this is not it. Another high-profile uh, high employee leaves Blizzard as Hearthstone game director has left Blizzard after 11 years at the company. We're seeing a lot and lot and lot of departures from this company. So uh, expect it to be pretty different in the next 10 years, most likely, because pretty much most of the veterans are about gone now. I think they still have a lot of uh, vets on the WoW side of things. They still have a good bit of people still from original pre-pro uh, Overwatch. And Hearthstone, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure he was the highest profile, but there might be a couple other vets still there too. But I do think we're going to start seeing a some sort of mass exodus continue on Blizzard. Yeah. It, either that or you're going to get a bunch of Overwatch clones from new studios in like four years. <laughs> yep. Yep. Now, now, now if we see jeff goodman go somewhere or if we see um what if jeff goodman went to high-res to work on paladins <laughs> yeah the game oh god and the game director for um our stone leave will now know like all right that's a card game and then that's uh an overwatch clone shooter yeah yeah we'll see day updates for you so the Logic G Cloud came out. Now it's coming out. Sorry, details of it came out. It's not out. October seventeenth is when this thing is actually going to drop. Now, if you pre-order it early, it's going to be fifty dollars less. So if you pre-order now, it's three hundred bucks. When it comes out, it'll be three fifty. And here's a couple of details. It has a ten eighty screen. 
12 plus hour battery life has geoforce now support it also has local game streaming on xbox and steam link it also has xbox cloud gaming enabled and it runs on android and all that is $349.99 or $299 if you pre-order this thing i can't imagine wanting this thing maybe i'm wrong i would just buy a steam deck maybe i'm in the minority i i but i don't understand why you would buy this I'll say to play devil's advocate here for this thing, because I'm right there with you. All the stuff I said on Steam Deck, I can already stream Xbox. I can already stream Stadia. I could probably get something like GeForce Now working if I really wanted to, but I don't I don't use that. I could do all that stuff on Steam Deck, and I can play things natively, too. So what's the, what's the deal? Um, I will say, from the presentation I saw, they're saying that this is more or less just an Android tablet. If that's the case, and this is running Android, okay. you get access to the Android store and all that stuff. You could do some similar deep Steam Decky things. You can get on the Play Store. You can play some Grim Valor. You can play some Dead Cells. You can play some actual native games. You could also get on there and find some emulators. You can get install some Game Boy emulators, PS1. You know, you can do some classic games on Android as well. So that's another bonus. So with all that stuff and a 1080p screen, which is technically more higher resolution than this, and the longer battery life, because even with Steam Deck, even if you're streaming and not playing something natively on it, you're getting maybe five hours Yeah, where 12 hours is pretty fucking crazy and gets a really good look. So there are benefits to this. If this is like it, it, it plays to me as like a Steam Deck light, which is for me, a Steam Deck light sounds really appealing. If you are someone who is maybe the Switch was your first console or something ah. really like that. OK. And you're like, all right, I want to play. I want to play Halo. I want to play the cool big boy games. But I'm still very intimidated. I want to play it in the same four factor, but I'm also really intimidated by the idea of the extensive customability and the tweaking you can do on a Steam Deck. So this seems like a perfect middle ground, especially if you're around the internet all the time. If you're not in like the backseat of a car on a road trip, this is perfect. So yeah, I would I'm interested to see what happens with this one. I I was interested in it, but I was interested in it if it was like a two hundred dollar product, not a three hundred dollar product. So, I, yeah, that that is my point here. Where like, first off, th- that is true. The twelve hour battery is is pretty um, impressive. Although, are you going to be doing anything strenuous on this device? If you're just streaming, then most likely nothing strenuous will be happening on the device. So that battery life is pretty good. Um, but again, three hundred dollars. I think at that point, like, buy a Switch or a Steam Deck. Like, just yeah. like at that point, like, why would you not buy the other two really, really popular things? I feel like they're just a bit too late. And also, just as a um, a thing to point out, uh, not to call anyone out, but a lot of people were very excited when Kun, uh, Hideo Kojima was oh, at yeah. Xbox. He was playing this. People were saying, like, is this Xbox's new hand? I was like, no, it's this. So if you did think that and saw the picture that uh, uh, when Hideo Kojima had like a little thing in his hand, he was playing this. So relax, everybody out there. Right, he was not playing an X boy, whatever the fuck you want to call it, <laughs> X boy, X boy, something that I will try not to burst in tears because I can finally say <laughs> there is a Suikoden one and two remaster coming next year. It cut out all that screaming. <laughs> I have great filters on this, so that's actually probably yeah. for the best. That was good. Incredible. <laughs> it's happening. Did they see back in 2020 when the original Sweeken and Creator made a Kickstarter and it made millions of dollars? 
Possibly. And they just were like, wait, we can make money too. And then just started remastering these things. Probably, yes. Do do I care? No. We're getting a Suikoden 1 and 2 remaster, which gives, which now makes Suikoden 5 remaster a possibility. It's on the table now. I'm going to cry. I'm going to be buying these games immediately. Couple things to look out. Of course, it's coming next year. There's a couple things that you could feature. All background illustrations have been upgraded to HD. Updated effects, breathe new light into the pixel art. This is all from the official thing. New environment sound effects to immerse yourself in the fantasy world. Battle sound, uh, sound effects are also now in HD and add a new level of realism. Newly added autosave, which will help all you fucking casuals out there. Battle fast forward, conversation logs. Emmett, when I saw this. <laughs> Announced from Tokyo Game Show. I screamed. I was so excited. I cannot wait for Suikoden 1 and 2 Remastered. I will say. Where the fuck has all these Suikoden fans been? I feel like I was the only one. And now all of a sudden. Oh we love Suikoden. Shout out to Jared. Petty. He's always been a Suikoden fan. Thank you so much. Gene Park I didn't know also loves Suikoden. He's very welcomed. In the Suikoden circle that I have. Which now consists of three people. So I'm very excited. Uh, the other two people don't know they're in this circle, right. but I do. I cannot wait for this to come. I will buy this minute one I can. The, whatever the highest edition, I'll be buying it. They won't make a collector's edition. They won't. They won't. But whatever costs the most money, I'll be paying for it. It could literally be, we'll give you a feather and the game for $100. I'm buying it. I'm buying it. It's done. It's already done. Jokes aside, I can't wait for this game. This these games have special, special parts in my heart, and I can't fucking and when I when I saw the trailer and how pretty it looks, I lost my shit. I will say I'm very happy for you and your ilk for this remaster finally coming out. I know the feeling of wanting a long forgotten franchise to come back, and sometimes I know the feeling of getting it. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand that y'all are happy for this one. I'm excited to see, have it be in the mainstream conversation why these games are something to care about. Because I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying you shouldn't care about them. They weren't a part of my childhood. They weren't yeah. a part of a lot of people's childhood. No, not really. It was, pretty, so, it was a pretty obscure thing. I think it originally launched as Gen, Genko Suikoden in Japan. It eventually was ported here under just Suikoden. And it was just, it was one of those JRPGs that was just kind of in the background. Not many people seemed to, it doesn't, it didn't seem to ever get incredibly popular until Suikoden 2 came out. And then Suikoden 3 and 4 quickly killed the popularity because they were just terrible games. And then Suikoden 5 is a good game that people sleep on because just, it just wasn't relevant anymore and no one plays them. But I, I will die on the hill that Suikoden 5 is a good game. God damn it. I will. I will. No one plays well, them, excited. but they're awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing that conversation be had in a more mainstream consciousness so that we can find another franchise for us to latch our feelings onto. <laughs> like, I just want to know will, why people love this game so much. I will say, I think if you play the second one, you'll be fine. Although it's much better if you play one fully completed and then port your save to two because you get a bunch of stuff. You get like an additional star because the, the whole idea of the game is you're like a resistance group and you need to recruit people. There's a there's a total of 108 total stars of destiny in each game, and you have like a different 108 people you go and get. It's very fun. It's very good. Interesting. Fun. <laughs> game Pass. Of course, every time they release this, I have to read out what's coming to Game Pass very soon. So get excited. Available today. 
Deathloop Cloud PC and Xbox Series X. We see Deathloop coming to Xbox after the long year that it was only on PlayStation. Get excited. Very good game. If you have not played it, what is wrong with you? I gotta go beat it. It's great. I think you would like it, although my favorite part is the narrative and when you beat it, it kind of dips a little bit, but it's good. Hard Space Shipbreaker. Cloud and Xbox Series S and X. I don't know what that is. Enjoy that. This is all coming soon. Spider Heck. Cloud, console and PC, September 22nd. I gotta read this. This is gonna be available day one in Game Pass. Spider Heck is a... F- Whoa. <laughs> She's taking over. Run it. Is a fast-paced couch co-op brawler dueled to the death against your friends and catch delight as they pull off the ultimate parkour feat before, before catapulting themselves face first into lava. Or join your, your forces and show those pesky insects who the real heck monsters here. What? Okay. Yeah. That wasn't a very good description of, of the game. Four player, it's one of those four-player co-op, or not co-op, but like couch multiplayer. You go, chaos you, physics. you fight some is, insects. Yeah. Exactly. Beacon Pines, Cloud Console and PC, September 22nd, available day one on Game Pass. Slime Rancher 2, which is going to be a very anticipated game. Uh, this is going to game preview cloud, cloud PC and Xbox Series S and X September 22nd. Available day one on Game Pass. Moon Scars Cloud Console and PC September 27th. Also available day one on Game Pass. A lot of day one games this month. I want to play Moon Scars. Moon Scars looks really cool. Unravel like the mystery of your existence in this challenging yet rewarding Souls-like 2D platform slasher. As the fierce clawborn warrior Grey Imra. <laughs> you must push yep. your combat skills to the limit and master new abilities to progress through this stunning yet unforgiving world. Facing off against relentless enemies and the cruel mistress the moon you will discover your past and finally find the peace you so desperately desire now that is how you write a description well learn everyone read these you learn that's incredibly worded by whoever wrote that it's very exciting i will now try this this sounds fucking awesome yeah i'm looking forward to it challenging yet rolling souls like 2d it's crazy that in the last like 15 years ish we just have a whole new genre of games now in the form of souls like I love it. I love you it too. It's very cool. Yeah, yeah. And it also when you say souls like it's an identifiable thing you can attach to something. Something that roguelikes have kind of missed because it's just become so nebulous now. But I like that we have hey, roguelike. Alright, now I know exactly what you mean. Oh, it's souls like. Boom. I can now picture the game in my head. Things like that. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Grounded. Is finally getting a full release. Cloud console and PC September 27th. Go have fun in your uh, shrunken world of Grounded. Say hey to Rick Moranis for me. Please. <laughs> Let's build a zoo. Cloud console and PC. This is on September 29th. Guess what? You're building a zoo. Valheim game preview only on PC September 29th. It is getting a console port, but just not right now. Uh, go enjoy that. This is an incredibly um, popular game. So try it out. It's a survival game. Paw Patrol Grand Prix Cloud Console PC September 30th available day one on Game Pass no track is too big no racer too small the Paw Patrol are on their fastest missions yet to win the Pup Cup race around iconic locations including Adventure Bay Jake's Snowboarding Resort and the Jungle in this four player championship to find out who will be crowned the winner my favorite uh, memes are defund the police and it's the 
Paw Patrol cop dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just about to mention that meme. I was about, like I I don't know. I heard like some random TikTok rap and they were like fuck 12 including Paw Patrol. <laughs> yeah, like, see I saw I saw that. Great. I love it. Dude. Uh, so good, man. Literally the moment I hear Paw Patrol, I just picture that meme in my head and I can't help but laugh. Someone did a cob with the Paw Patrol dog too. Like, dude, it's so good. Oh, oh amazing cultivation simulator PC. It's available now. A bunch of DLCs. We never go over the DLCs. Remember, if you want us to, just tell us uh, via the comments. Nah. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. No one has literally ever said, wow, I wish you covered DLC and game updates. <laughs> Xbox Touch Controls coming to nine more games. Dangarapa version 3, Grounded, Nino Kuni, Route 96, Shadowrun Returns, Dragonfall, and Hong Kong, The War of Mine, Torment, Tides of Numera. This is all games leaving September 30th. Of course, if it's leaving September 30th, that means you have to, prior to September 30th, either finish playing them or grab the 20% off game. Uh, sorry, 20% off the price and buy the game. While it's still in Game Pass, these are all games leaving. AI, the Somnolia Files, Cloud Console and PC. Astri Ascending, Cloud Console and PC. Dandy A's, Cloud Console and PC. Dirt 4, PC, EA Play. Dirt Rally, PC, EA Play. Going Under, Cloud Console PC. Lemonous Gate, Cloud Console PC. Slime Rancher, Cloud Console and PC. Subnautica Below Zero, Cloud Console and PC. The Procession, Procession to Calvary. Yeah, to Cloud Console and PC. Unsighted, Cloud Console and PC. And Vistage, Cloud Console and PC. Uh, in a rare move, something that said it was leaving last month is actually staying. That's Aragami 2. So we covered last month it was leaving. It is not. It is staying on Game Pass for more time. We don't know how long, of course. Very cool. I will say very quickly, Add Asomnium Files, my friend uh, Drew Debassant really likes that game, and a lot of people like that game, so definitely got on that. I like going under a lot. Definitely try out that game. It is a very fun roguelike. And finally, uh, Unsighted. Heard a lot of positive things about Unsighted, especially if you like anxiety-inducing narratives. So definitely try that one out as well. There's a few things I'm definitely going to be trying out. One, AI Simnomia Files I've had downloaded forever. I just have not played it. I think I'm going to try and delve into it and try to get that 20% off before it leaves. Another thing, um, I want to play Immortality on Game Pass. I've been saying that for like two weeks now, and I just haven't gotten around to it. But I want to play it because people said it's weird, and I... We don't get enough weird shit. So I want to play it just to give it that little support. Not only are people saying it's weird, they're saying it's like like when people are like, oh, I'm going to stream immortality. People are like, oh, pulling their collar because apparently it's a lot of violence and a lot of sex. Oh, and really? The fact that that is in this game, but it isn't taught to like that isn't part of the conversation. Like the, the discourse is not, oh, they do it and it's poorly done. The discourse is they do that and it's a great game. So I got to see what the fuck they're doing to make that work in a video game. I believe so it was Blessing Audio Jr. over on Kind of Funny. I believe he was the first one I saw talk about this on Twitter. He just said, he basically surmised a couple things, but the main thing I remember is it's a weird game. And he said a couple other things, but that's what stuck with me. And I was like, and it was a very strange screenshot gift thing. That was, I was like, I have to touch this. Like, and I believe he was saying, don't read about it. Or so, I think to that nature, yeah. he's like, he's like, yeah. do not look into it. Don't read about it. It's very similar to the everywhere, everything all at once movie. Like you don't want to spoil oh, oh, what yeah. it is because like, that's part of the fun. So I'll be all trying right, yeah. to do I'll, that. I will be playing this on Steam Deck through cloud gaming. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh shit. 
Runbow and the Drone Racing League Simulator will be free to claim from the PC Marketplace on Epic Game Store from September 29th until October 6th. Portal RTX was announced. This is going to be an RTX enhanced version of the 2007 Puzzle Clock developed by Valve. It's coming out in October sometime. It looks fucking cool. So if you have a very fancy graphics card, enjoy that. Be neat. Emmett Watkins Jr. I end this show with a singular question, and of course it is the end of the show for the week. So I have to ask you a question that of course is what do you have to do for the week? Of course, that could be a game, a TV show, a movie, a comic book, a graphic novel of some kind. You got a manga on the back. You got a podcast. Really, anything. What <laughs> do you have queued up for the week? Uh, I have a few things queued up. Uh, number one, I got to catch up on my... Uh, I was about to say Wonder Woman. Good God. Got to catch up on She-Hulk. I um, I didn't watch last week's episode, and this week's episode just came out, so I got to watch both of those. I'll probably do that right after this. Um, so that's what I got as far as TV goes. I know Atlanta just started back with its new season. I got to catch up on that because I will watch that finale live with everybody. I have to be there for that moment. So I got to catch up with the rest of last season and the two episodes this season. Uh, Abbott Elementary, I want to catch up before that new season starts. And as far as video games go, it's going to be Steam Deck all day. I just reinstalled Control. I just reinstalled or I just installed Moon Scars. Uh, not Moon Scars. What's the one we talked Moon Lighter. Oh, yeah, Moonlighter. Yes, yeah. The one you yeah, yeah, said at the beginning of the show. Yes, Moonlighter. Exactly. I'm very excited That's for you to try out. Yeah, so I'm going to be trying those out. I want to play more Saints Row because Saints Row, I got Saints Row and then immediately got distracted with like other games. And then I got the Steam Deck right after that. So it's been like almost a month since I've really wow. played Saints Row consistently. I, it's been like two or three weeks, but still, it feels like a long time. So I've only been getting back into that recently. I want to continue that. And hopefully beat that before i gotta beat it before bayonetta at the very least so, yeah you know that's a little bit more than a month there um so i'm gonna be playing more steam deck stuff uh and yeah i think that's pretty much it nothing musically coming out nothing movie coming out so yeah fun stuff i'm gonna be doing all that that's all i got <laughs> I, can't I wanted i was i wasn't gonna say anything just see how long you just sit there and be like i fucking do your show so, <laughs> so I have quite a bit to cover. I, I want to play Immortality. I want to play AI Simnomia Files. I want to finish up Midnight Fight Express. I, of course, need to go back to Bayonetta. I, of course, need to watch the uh, from the list of Emmett Watkins Jr. made fun of me, so I have to go watch these movies list. Hell yeah. Um, so many on that list, I don't even know where to begin. Maybe we. I watched her. Of course, I covered... Hey! So of course, what you think about it? I did. Yeah, I didn't know you. Uh, I forgot to tell you. I did uh, an episode uh, with uh, Iso Christian over on Popcorn Pod about her, and that was oh, a fantastic no. movie. Um, I loved the aesthetic. I loved the serious act. The acting is what really got me, and uh, and the acting from Scarlett Johansson specifically was insane. Uh, I love the use of darkness. That was kind of one thing I really pulled away from this, that they use darkness very, very well, where I don't really think of another movie that really did that well, or at least even attempted to do it. Like, just sitting in the darkness and then painting pictures is just... I don't know. There was something about it that like, kind of pushed it over the limit of, like, this is a good movie to, like, wow, this is really great at kind of everything they're doing. Yeah, good cinematography. 
<laughs> um, at the end of the day, I can't really tell you what movie is going to be up. Of course, Thursdays are movie days, so I got to pick something from this list, and I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe Princess Bride, Shawshank Redemption are throwing at me, Tropic Thunder, Seven, Two three completely yes. different. Yes, vibes. yes, but I like that. You know, I, you, you don't know what mood you're in until you're sitting down with dinner. So, like, what yeah. mood are we going to be in? It's, it kind of depends. Uh, those are just movies that stand out to me right now. Something in Mad Max, nineteen seventeen. These are movies that I'm like, eh, these are all good ones that I really want to get to. So, um, those are just a couple off the top of my head. But excellent. I of course am slowly, slowly getting through that very large list. Um, aside from that, that's pretty much it. Of course, Destiny Two. Always expect me to play that until I eventually get Emmett Watkins Jr. into it. Um, one day. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's the show. We had a huge show. This is. The longest show ever is Emmett always on yeah, the longest shows yeah. ever. Yes, yes, he is. You're yeah. you're kind of getting the theme here, but of course, it's all quality, so I don't care. Uh, we're clocking in at two and a half hours, so it flew by. Thank you so much again for joining me, my friend. I I always look forward to our episodes, and this was uh, uh, nothing less than a great episode as always with you. Uh, until yeah, until we see you again, I mean, I th- again, thank you so much. Remember to go check out Video Games uh, Utopia. You s- recently launched Spoonful, which I fucking meant to bring up at oh. the beginning of the show, and I <laughs> damn it, I forget. I can bring it up now. <laughs> it's all good. I can bring it up. Spoonful, now. please um, tell us about Spoonful. Yeah, Spoonful is a new podcast that me and also kind of funny community member person that you might know, uh, Mario Paquadillo, also known as Mario. We're going to have next week. Maybe he planned this, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I totally planned that. Let's say that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I absolutely love the, uh, well, me and Mario, he had me on way back in the day for uh one big topic and i was a frequent guest on there and the conversation was so good on those episodes that we said hey why don't we just tie the knot and so we've been talking about it for a few months you guys Uh, got married holy shit (laughs) yeah his girlfriend's not gonna like that um but yeah we we decided to go ahead and make it a whole thing so we've been talking about it for a few months we had a couple test episodes and finally we have the full thing out uh recently we had blessing jr on to talk with us about uh, the new JID album, The Forever Story. Uh, and I really love that album. And so does he. And Mario actually listened to it as well. So uh, we all talked about it. And we talked a little bit about the Soulsborne series of games and why they're good. And Mario's recent journey with those games. And I know Blessing likes that stuff too. And I just sit back and talk about The Surge 2 whenever I can. <laughs> so um, yeah, that though, it's a really good episode. And you know, if you like me on this show, check me out on there. I get to talk about more than just games. So, I will be listening be- to that episode after this. So I'm excited. I'll be well, listening to that probably when I play a game or something. Um, very, uh, very cool that you got Blessing 2. And specifically, I love that Mario is going through the From Software catalog. So that's a perfect melding of those two. I can't wait to listen to. Um, also, quickly, scheduling error. It's in two weeks, not next week. I actually don't have anyone for next week, so I got to fix that. What's funny is I fucked up. You do the thing where it's like, oh, let me schedule out three weeks ahead. And I did, but I fucked up and forgot about next week. So I will quickly <laughs> let you guys know when I have that fixed. Um, so anyways, actually, you know what? I know why that fucked up. Anyways, that's not important. Um, yes, Spoonful. I will be listening to that right after this. Thank you so much. Um, for starting an episode. Why did I say that? 
Uh, but I will also say that uh, Welcome to the Thing is another podcast I'm also on. We're going to be recording that later tonight, and we have a guest from Fanbyte on that one as well. I so, need to. Uh, I was. I need to reach out to those people because I very much want to have them spotlighted on the on the show. Because of course, that's terrible to hear that you lose your job regardless of yeah where it's exactly. from. So yeah, look out for that. I don't want to say who the guest is because we haven't recorded it yet. So I want to give them some time. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one. And of course, T. L. Foster and uh, and Jared Green. They're all great people. So yeah, excellent. <laughs> thank you again we are going to leave now and go live our lives but until the next time you hear our lovely voices go chief